rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. What's going on? Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to see you and that it's working. Good. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out and for putting up with all the, the bullshit. I saw that YouTube. That's why when I was, when I pressed play or record on the eCam, I saw that the YouTube channel said that it was going on at nine o'clock, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so the first thing after I say I'm going to stop cursing, the first thing out of my mouth, well, the first two things out of my mouth are curses. So I am sorry yet again. Let me stop cursing. I will stop cursing. I'm going to try. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Oh, my. Right out of the gate, as usual. If you're on Facebook or Twitter or Twitch or Periscope, come on over to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash RDT Daily Media. That's where I'll be hanging out with all the, the chatters. Sometimes the restream chat doesn't seem to work so I can't get everybody's chats so I can't see it all I can only look at one screen at a time and that's where most people are gathering at YouTube so that's why we choose YouTube and also that they have the ability to do a super chat that helps super chats you can attach some a donation to the channel well to keep us going and growing Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And please don't forget to subscribe and to hit the notification bell on on Twitter. I mean, on freaking YouTube. I can't keep up with everything. On YouTube, hit the notification bell so you will be informed when we do our weekday specials. So for until we get enough patrons to have a daily show, we will we'll have to play it by ear during the week. I want to do as many shows as possible, but that might not always be possible. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do a show tomorrow night, but we will have our regularly scheduled show on Saturday. And I do have some good news. We're going to have Greg Palast, not on this Saturday, but he will be appearing on Tara Buster. Um, and, uh, we're nailing down a date sometime soon, but in the meantime, in our description, he's his new book. Go pre-order it at Amazon. There's a link in the description. In this, you you'll be able to see it if you look on the description of the show. Pre-order it and send him. What did I put that in? Maybe I'll have to update the information. If you go to gregpalace.com. You can send him a uh, uh, your 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 receipt, a screen grab of your receipt, and he he will send you um, a digital copy of the best democracy money can buy. I'll update when the show's over. I'll update the the um, description with all that information. So what else? That's cool. I love Greg Powell's. The other thing, it's not just, you know, love Greg Powell's. He's doing great work. And nothing else matters if the Republicans steal another election. 
That's what they have done. They cannot win legitimately. We understand that. Not everybody understands that, though. We get it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not some, we're like crazy over here. No. Why, for the first time since we began with the electronic voting machines, ever since the electronic voting machines became the prolific throughout the land, and then suddenly the vote and the exit polls, the actual results of the vote and the exit polls stopped being, stopped going, uh, being the same. So the exit polls would say one thing, and then later on they would tally the electronic voting machines. And funny enough, they always went in the Republican direction. And it's a phenomenon that they gave a name. It's called redshift. It's pretty fascinating. How come there's never a blue shift? Of course, they're trying to hack the vote. And in many cases, they're successful. So what Greg Palace is under, what he's uh, exposing, he, everybody needs to know. This has to be common knowledge. There is no reason why we, we need these electronic voting machines that are easily hackable. We do absolutely know for sure that the Russians tried hacking the, the electronic voting machines this election. We know that. They let that out. This was common knowledge in Florida that one of the Republicans, I can't remember which one, a Republican governor. Was it the Republican governor? Anyway, one of, I think it was the, was it Rick Scott who said they admitted, well, it was also, that's why we need journalists because they uncovered it, that the Russians had tried, they said tried to hack the electronic voting machines in Florida, in different counties, but they wouldn't release which counties. That's what the Republican governor did. So, and of course, Greg Palace will have, he'll, he has the receipts. He'll bring it all. And there's nothing more important than securing our votes besides getting money out of politics. These are two things that we have to ensure if we want a successful functioning country that works for all. You you see, um, what's going on here in the United States now, we, we, we're seeing the fruits of Republican labor. Know them by their fruits. When people tell you who they are, believe them. This is exactly the kind of system they like. They, they want it this way. They want us a wide gap between rich and poor and everybody else in their place. So, let me see. Somebody just texted me something about the electronic voting machines. You do need to stop saying that the Russians hacked voting machines. They didn't, and there is no evidence for this. It has been debunked by Greg Palast? Well, let me, if that's the case, I will ask him about it when he comes on the show. So let me see. Russians, because I thought that they, that this was, let me see. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Russians hacked. Because I thought we all kind of knew this. Maybe that something else was uncovered that I missed.
Let me see. Florida governor says Russian hackers breached two counties in 2016. I mean, that's the last thing I heard about it, but we will definitely ask Greg Palast about it when he comes on. Here's an article from NPR. Russian hackers breached systems in two county elections in Florida in 2016. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said on Tuesday at a news conference, DeSantis said no data was tampered with and vote tallies were not affected. How they know is beyond me, but the intrusions was have, which have not been publicly confirmed were first disclosed in special counsel Robert Mueller's report about Russian interference. I recently met with the FBI concerning the election issue mentioned in the Mueller report. DeSantis said two Florida counties experienced intrusion into the supervisor of elections networks, but there was no manipulation. As I said, thank you for pointing that out, but this is the information I know about, and we will definitely ask Greg Palast about it when he comes on the show. I'm not, I wasn't trying to talk about electronic voting machines now, but I am trying to talk about voting in general. It's not too late to ensure that you are registered to vote. Make no mistake, it's not a delusion. The Republicans are trying to purge the rolls, and they will do it in any way necessary. They will, you'll, you'll get to, you'll go to vote on election day, and you'll find your name is not on the list. Now, here's something, I think I told you guys, I, because I live, I live in New York, and for years, nothing, there was nothing eventful about election day. I was always just able to vote. And until, it seems, in my opinion, until Bernie Sanders got started to, uh, I guess, he irritated the Democratic Party establishment, that seems to me to be the time when all of, we had a lot of problems here in New York. And just in this last election, well, we know that govern the governor tried to kick Bernie off of the ballot, even though every other election that's taking that was taking place on election day was still on the ballot. He just wanted Bernie off of it. Thankfully, because of Yang, the Yang gang, they sued, and uh, Bernie's name was put. Well, it wasn't just Bernie; it was all of the other Democratic. Um, the the democratic contenders so but okay so we all received letters saying because of covid19 you can vote by mail it's a new thing in new york fill out this form and i filled it out with plenty of time within i'm talking months before election day and i never received my ballot and that's one of the things that Greg Palace, I was listening to Greg Palace on Ron Placone's show the other day. His Ron Placone's a friend of the show. His his daily show is called Get Your News On with Ron. You can look it up on on YouTube. And that's one of the things they brought up. How many people did not receive their ballots, their mail in ballots. So what Greg Palace said was that technically I shouldn't have been able to vote. Well, he didn't say me in particular, but he was saying people who didn't receive their ballots. Some of them will get to 
will go to the polls and they're, they'll be told that they, oh, if you received a ma- ballot in the mail, you're not, um, you know, you're not able to vote in person. So it's either or. I, and I just voted. I went and voted. What the hell? And, but I thought to myself that, uh, how many other people didn't receive the mail-in ballots and they they weren't able to make it to the polls for medical reasons or whatever. I decided to F it. I went out. I wasn't sick, thankfully. But how many other people, elderly, at the last minute, they realize, I can't vote, I can't go out today, or for whatever reason, they're not able to make it to the polls. That's why we did the whole mail-in ballot thing. So there is absolutely no excuse. I tweeted at the New York Board of Elections, hey, what happened to my ballot? Of course, do they? They don't respond. So we have a lot of work cut out for us because it doesn't matter what we do. We can do a show every night. I could be on this show. You could be knocking on door. You could you could put all the work in the world in. But if they can kick you off the voting rolls, if they can redshift you, if they can make it impossible or gerrymander you out of existence, that's what they're trying to do to AOCs, actually, this the 14th District in New York. That's one of the tactics they want to try. They're trying to do. First, the corporatists ran a... Um, they ran this this Cabrera lady to challenge AOC. AOC blew her out of the water in the primary. She won with over 75% of the vote. So uh, uh, obviously the millions of dollars she got from Wall Street really didn't mean much. But um, yeah, it's all of it, all of everything that we do. Well, what was I saying? Oh, AOC is, they're trying to, one of the things they're trying to do is redistrict. This is why it's really important to have a Democratic majority that can, that's in charge of the districting. Because if the Republicans have their way, they will redist, they will gerrymander this district out of existence. And that's one of the tactics. I'm just looking at my hair. It's sticking up over here. It's bothering me. Okay, it's bothering me. So I hope everybody's here. Let's see. In the chat. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, they did it to Kucinich. Exactly. Resist Evolve. That's part of the tactic. And welcome. I want to say hi to everybody today. I'm really happy to be here. Hi, Mark. Welcome. Hi, Jim and Ed and Sin City. Nice to see you. Eduardo, thank you for joining us. Terry, hello. Hello, Andrea. Hello. Who else is here? Hmm, That's about it. Everybody else is staying quiet. All right. What was I th- so today we had some good news. It's pretty. It's of course Trump Twitter. He is. He's trying to spin it. That's what he does. He's a bullshit artist. But you can't bullshit yourself out of a, a goddamn pandemic. 
can't bullshit your yourself into uh i don't know not the second or the third here we, we're going into the third republican great depression in 120 years how many more republican great depressions can we stand? But this is all by design. We don't ha- it doesn't have to be this way all over the world. And uh, they're, they're overcoming the coronavirus. If, apparently in New Zealand, they're actually ha- they're having stadium, there's, they're having sporting events with people in, the sta- in stadiums because they have overcome the coronavirus. Not here. We've only just begun. The fun's only getting started here. This this asshole, this con man, the, a grifter, who, what, what has he ever done in his life? We understand that he is a con man. He is not a successful businessman. In fact, his niece, oh, uh, the, the, that's a good thing. His niece, he, uh, it came out that she was the one that gave the New York Times the tax returns that showed that Twitler's how Twitler made his money with fake invoices and fake inflated invoices. He didn't make money. He was siphoning money out of his daddy's trust fund tax-free. Like a parasite. Like the parasite that he is. So, here's... There's so many articles out. Trump's niece, this is from People magazine, Trump's niece tell all, t- ne- Trump's niece's tell all describes a family of liars, cheats, and abusers who destroyed her dad. She says, in the end, there would be no love for Donald at all, just his agonizing thirsting for it. Mary Trump writes in her new memoir, the family tried to stop. The rage left to grow would come to overshadow everything else. Mary Trump, as she writes less than 20 pages into our upcoming memoir, her family tried to stop her from publishing, has said, has a story to tell about her grandparents, aunts, and uncles, including the so-called President Donald Trump. Well, I say so-called, so. I can't say president. He's not a president. Just like he's not a successful businessman. He's a con man. And she says, I'm, o- I'm the only one willing to tell it. The only Trump willing to tell it. On Tuesday, publisher Sh- Simon & Schuster made copies of Mary's book titled Too Much and Never Enough, available to reporters a week before its release date on July 14th. I can't wait. What day is this? July 9th. I'm going to get that book immediately. We could read excerpts on it here. That'll be fun. As of this writing, the book is a number one bestseller on Amazon. What the hell? I should have pre-ordered that. Like I pre-ordered Greg Palast's book, which you should do right now if you can. Go over to Amazon, pre-order it so it cannot be ignored in the mainstream media. So let's see. Marketed as an order of magnitude different from previous unflattering memoirs out of the Trump administration, including the Amazon number two bestseller, a book by former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Yeah, they're all just lying, right? Everyone's picking on Trump. That's the thing that we knew this morning when the Supreme Court came out and said, "Yeah, he's gonna have to sh- he has he's not above the law. 
he does win in the sense that we don't they they're gonna get to de- delay it until after the election. I don't see why you would think that the American people have the right to see if their so-called president is a con man and whether he's bought and sold by the Russian oligarchs who gave him bank loans because he wouldn't he wasn't able to get a legitimate bank loan here in the United States. If he's paid for, if he's compromised. That's why when you go through security clearance, as I did when I was in the National Guard, I had to go through secret security clearance. They go through your finances, all of it, like like with a fine-tooth comb. And if you are in debt, if you are in hock, you're, you don't get security clearance. You're a bad risk. They want to see if you're a greedy little grifter who can be easily manipulated by foreign anti-democratic dictators like Twitler is. He doesn't even hide it. He envies the dictators. That's why another thing I want to catch on, besides Twitler, is dictator envy. That's what he has. He, uh, we understand he is overcompensating for his inadequacies. He, he's not that, he's like my cats. He's not that hard to unpack. You could really, that's why I told you, I, I, Tara Jr. Jr. is toilet trained. People always say, that's so amazing. How'd you do it? I'm like, he's a cat. I could, you know, I mean, I tricked him. That's, that's how it was. That's how it went. I'm smarter than a cat. How you do it is you put the litter box next to the toilet. And then you raise the litter box over time. So he's a little kitten at the time. He's jumping, gets used to jumping to go to the bathroom. Then you put the litter, you use a medium-sized roasting pan that is, that is uh, made of foil, not tin foil. You know, hard enough, he doesn't fall through. You put a hole in it. You use flushable litter at this time. You open it. Then you cut a hole, and then you ever so slightly make the hole bigger and bigger and bigger over time, very slowly. He doesn't realize it. Next thing you know, boom, he's toilet trained. And Tara Jr. Jr. is so toilet trained. Well, I think it's because he's very, he's human. He believes he's a human and he's so bonded to me like a human. I think he thinks he's my mate. He must, even though he's fixed, whatever. He, uh, not that anything, not that he has any chance, really. You know what I mean? But the, um, he, we also have a litter box because Francis Jr. Jr. has a lot of issues. He had a, he was toilet trained too until he had all his issues with his urinary tract and, you know, he's traumatized. I'll get into that story another day. But so, I gave him a litter box because it seemed to me that he wa- he liked it better. And even though there's a litter box there, Tara Jr. Jr. still uses the toilet. Hello. I think that's pretty amazing, frankly. He chooses the toilet like a human like over the litter box. Okay. That's what you call winning. So don't tell me animals aren't people. 
I got a, I got an animal and a person. But he's cleaner. He's more respectful. He's a better housemate than half of the human beings I've known in my life. And I'm not kidding. So, all right. With moving on with Mary Trump. Poor thing. Her name is Trump. Forever and ever, she's got to walk around with that moniker following her. It's like being called Hitler. Trust, trust me. I say it all the time. It's true. One day soon, not that far in the future, those who supported Trump, they won't, they'll be vilified. They will be like the good Germans. They'll be ashamed if they have the capacity for shame. Of course, they'll always bid that, that contingent of cultists. But for the most part, people will, the, the truth is going to catch up to him. Look at what he's done to this country in three years. Did you ever imagine? We knew that Twitler was a monster. We knew that Republicans sucked. But could you ever imagine that we'd be in a deadly pandemic, that 130 Ameri- million, I mean, 130 Ameri- 130,000 Americans would be dead needlessly, 3 million sick, that 40, 50 million, how much, another million just declared, uh, just registered for unemployment. How many million more? Are we going to take? And then if they pull the rug out of whatever the enhanced unemployment benefits, people are declaring. In fact, I just read in New York City that 25% of the New Yorkers aren't paying their rent because they can't. Yeah, housing crisis looms. One in four New York City tenants cannot pay rent. This is all coming crashing down. And they can they could do something about it. It's not that we don't have the money. We don't as we say, Gandhi said, not for everybody's need, not for everybody's greed. The United States can print money. We not it's not uh, attached to the gold standard or whatever. We are the world's currency. There are there's enough money here. They could have paid everybody their salary just to stay home, and they wouldn't have lost a single business. That's what happened in New Zealand. That's what's going on in England. Not here, though, because we have a con man, and you can only bullshit yourself so long until reality always catches up to the bullshit. It's like the Ayn Rand Institute we played in the last video, the last tower buster we had the other day. The Ayn Rand Institute, the I don't know the guy's name, I can't remember, saying, because they took PPP money, and they were justifying, they took it, oh, and they do it again, because after all, this is, they're, they're victims, they're being robbed by the government. They're full of shit. But that's, who they are. They're hypocrites. Reality has a liberal bias. 
You never meet. This is what happens when you meet a crisis with conservatism. It is like exactly what happened in the Great Depression when um, Hoover did nothing. Laissez-faire. Let the market decide. Keep your hands off. That's how they played it because they are ideologues. But ideology is fine. You can believe whatever you want. You're, you have the right to believe what you want, but you do not have the right to your own facts. And the facts are that reality has a liberal bias. So you meet a crisis, not with selfishness, greed, indifference. You meet a crisis by being a liberal, a prog- not progressive. You just, you, you're decent to your fellow humans. You, you make a choice. What's important in life? What is the meaning of society? What is the meaning of life? We're in this together. That's e pluribus unum. That's how you meet a crisis, with liberalism, with brotherly love, with e pluribus unum. You don't meet it with altruism is evil. That's conservatism. And you notice how everything conservatives touch sucks. They don't, they, there's no, they, they, they are unsuccessful. They are grifters. Look at what he's done to this country. It is a disgrace. We're the laughing stock of Earth, and more than a laughing stock, it is uh, where 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 more people are needlessly dying. That is that should really should be the uh, the the tagline for conservatism. Some people are just gonna die. Like Rush Limbaugh says, some people are born to be slaves. That's what they think. So, and this is why I say we are the real patriots. We're the real Americans. We're capable of... I mean, really, do you think if um, even the right-wing Democrats, like a Biden like a Barack Obama. If this was happening under Barack Obama, do you think we would be enduring such a uh, such a catastrophe? Well, you can't avoid the coronavirus, but Twitter was more uh, more concerned about branding it the Chinese virus than actually doing anything about it because he sucks. So he has to blame somebody. Who's the victim? Who's to blame? Oh, he's the victim. I'm sorry. But who is to blame? Who can take the blame? It's never his fault. Nothing is ever Twitler's fault, the con man. The whole world, born on third base, thinking he hit a triple. But everybody is so unfair to him. What, let me ask, I, really, any of, if there is a trump that stumbles into this show and b- before you g- hit the thumbs down, why don't you say, uh, uh, please, explain to us, what has Twitler ever touched that has been successful? I'll wait. I get you. I'll take your silence as you're giving up, of course. 
There is nothing. Why? What is the attraction to this disgrace? He is disgusting as a human being. He's everything that humanity is that is repulsive about a person. All rolled up into one giant asshole. Entitled, whiny, a victim, little, con- uh, just a a, a a treasonous tax cheat, a draft dodger, a coward, who picks on the uh, those who can't defend themselves, kicks down, kisses up, and kisses up to the worst, the worst people, dictators, people who kill Americans. Oh, like his good pal that he fell in love with, Kim Jong-un. We'll tell that to the family of the young man that he killed for taking a propaganda poster off the wall. That's why that young man died. Otto, what's his last name? Werner? Wernberg? I can't remember. Let me see. Otto, Kim... Otto Warm Beer, yeah. Who could imagine? Imagine if Barack Obama did that. Imagine if Barack Obama... See, Barack Obama said something nice about Cuba. Well, you know, when they, they'll, they'll lose their minds. Well, they never... Uh, they, they lose their minds about uh, uh, anything. Imagine if, what what would Republicans, the fake-ass Republicans who hate this country, what would they do if Obama allowed an American citizen to come home from North Korea as uh, with brain damage and die, and Barack Obama turned around and called Kim Jong-un a tough, tough cookie? and saluted Kim Jong-un's generals and said that he wrote love letters to Kim Jong-un. What would Republicans do? These phony effing Republicans. What would you, what would they do? Somebody. That's how you know. They're hypocrites. They are the worst people. They're not, not everywhere you look. They make the world worse, just like the Ayn Rand Institute. All while times are good, so so to speak, relatively good, they'll write all kinds of articles about how people are uh, taken advantage and how much, you know, really just articles to divide the American people. Meanwhile, there they are, taking and taking and taking bringing nothing to the table. They add nothing decent. What are they? What good are they? That's why I was like, what am I going to talk about? What? Uh, no, there's nothing. It's not like there's uh, a loss to talk about, but I, I thought, what am I going to call this show? And the way I, call, uh, I called it tonight's show is, it's simple. Republicans are just horrible people. Some of us are horrible. Of course they are. If only they were, if they, 
believed in their ideology. They don't even have the integrity of the goddamn Unabomber. You know what I mean? Let me explain. At least we were talking about it in the last show. They, the Unabomber hated society or whatever. I'm just using him because I know he, he lived off the grid. He didn't like society, and he went in the woods. He lived in the woods. Good for him. He's off the grid. At least he's, he's got that integrity. I mean, I'm not saying he should bomb anybody. <laughs> Maybe I should find a different example, like the Swiss family Robinson. That's not a real example, though. You know, there must be people who just lived off the grid. But they that's them. That's thats the um, Republicans want all the benefits of society. They just don't want any of the responsibilities that we have to each other. So they will whine and cry and make the world a worse place every day. What do they do? They add nothing. They try to find the superior moral justification for selfishness. And they drag us all down with them. While what what a crisis needs is liberalism, kindness, compassion, unity. Every All crisis needs to be met by that. That's why you put up statues. They love their statues, we know. But you don't put up statues to selfish grifters. Well, maybe you do if you (laughs) rewrite history. But this is how I know we will win because liberals are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of humanity. And even the Republicans, they have to pretend they're liberal. They do. They have to pretend they like democracy. They have to pretend that they're trying to help when they're not. When, like, they'll attack public assistance. They'll say, oh, well, this harms, this really harms people to be on public assistance because they need to be taught the dignity of work or whatever, you know, like some bullshit. Or even their opposition to universal health care. They'll say, oh, it's... They won't. They don't give a shit. They don't want us to to give a shit either about the million, eighty five millions who have nothing or next to nothing. They'll just say, "Oh well, it's we have the best healthcare in the world. So good that it's so good that yeah, it's all good for you for the rich. When you're rich, everything's good. You can get what you want. You can go. You can do. You can. If you're sick, you're not you're not worried about getting on the phone." Uh, yelling and uh, at the insurance agent about what's covered and not what's in network or out of network. I don't really think you're thinking about that. You don't care. But what are Republicans but grifters and selfish? And they want everybody to be like them. They're trying to make the world like them. Well, not really. Maybe I'm, that's not really true. They're not trying to make the world like them. They're trying to make the world confused so we don't see the game that they're playing on us, which is divide and conquer. First of all, I'm looking at, here's an article from France24.com. I don't know it. I just stumbled upon it when I was looking for something with 
for Donald Trump's niece. Let me show you this picture I'm looking at here. Look at that. Look at him. Look at his dead effing eyes. That's the first thing that struck, stuck out at me here. Look at that. Is there a human soul in there? No, there's not. He's got dead eyes, everyone. That is a fact. That's a sick person that we're looking at. A sociopath. A, a vile, sick, empty, goddamn black hole of uselessness, selfishness, and greed. And you can't hide it in the eyes. It's really common that uh, people talk about Trump's dead eyes. That's the thing. You know, we look, eyes are the windows to the soul. You look at somebody's eyes, you could, you could see a story in their eyes. So you could tell a lot about a person if somebody doesn't look you in the eye. How they look you in the eye. This is because human beings are connected. We are all in this together. We are an interdependent species. And we there is there's more here in in or on our planet. This is what I believe spiritually. I I must admit. This you guys know I practice Buddhism, so but uh, my belief is that, of course, we're connected. Yes, we definitely are. If the coronavirus doesn't show you, doesn't prove that we are all connected, what else would, really? That we're in this together. That it matters. That it does matter with something happening all o across the globe. Somebody, some animal in a, a so-called wet market which is a disgusting, vile term, wet market. What is it? Wet with blood? Is that why they call it wet market? It's disgusting. So somebody in these wet markets where animals are suffering and being murdered for in vile conditions, this is where we get the uh, coronavirus. This is where it... And all, the, all of these other um, viruses... This is a new one, though. And how long did it take to travel all over the globe? So we're all connected. Spiritually, I believe, you know, I'm not like uh, these evangelical Christians who are so certain that God is a man and it looks just like them. He's a giant version of them. He cares all about the peepees. He wants to know if you're masturbating. He's really in tune with the big mysteries of the universe. I'm not like them. So I believe that I don't believe in a man on a cloud. There's no man on a cloud. Come on, people. Let's get real. But there is more to this life than meets the eye. And there's more than we, we know. And I find it it's also as far as these, these evangelical men especially, are concerned. It's a grifter game. Yeah, I, human beings have this... We've From the time we crawled out of the primordial ooze, we have a... There is a spiritual side to us. 
we have longed for the divine, I think that is because we are connected. It's really about connecting with people. Ultimately, that's what life is all about, is being a decent person, connecting. And the worst thing you could do to somebody is make them, is dismiss them. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that there's so, uh, there's so many layers to life. Like a hundred years ago, we didn't know there were gamma rays or x-rays until they got the, they developed instruments that picked those layers to life up. And now they, they're, everybody understands that it's just, uh, that they exist. But how many other layers are there to life that we don't have the instrument to pick up? And, I mean, or yet, but we still are affected by these things. So that's why I think, you know, I don't really know. I don't know what happens when people die. I don't know what, uh, because that's kind of arrogant, don't you know? To, to say it's the height of arrogance for these religious leaders, so-called, uh, you know, evangelical, the Pope, all these goddamn men, to say that they know what God is or they know what God looks like, what God is. I remember when I was a kid, there was Cardinal Cook here in New York City, and it was on the cover of the New York Daily News because the Cardinal had declared that God is a man. So, and I remember saying, I suppose he's white too. God is a man. Uh, How did I get on this? The point is, I was looking at Donald Trump's eyes. That's right. And his, these eyes tell the story. He's dead inside. He's not connected to anything or anyone. He has no heart he doesn't care. And that is the truth. This is one thing that when I, I watched Rachel Maddow, she had a copy of the book she was reading from Mary Trump's book. And he didn't know his own daughter-in-law. He said that he didn't know um, Eric Trump's wife, the daughter-in-law. Can't remember her name off the, right now. She's a, another dumb bitch, though. That's what we'll call her. And he didn't know that she, he didn't know her until she gave a speech about him at a rally. But she lived in his house for two effing years with Eric. Yeah, I guess they have a nice big house so they all can live there. But he said he didn't know who she was until she spoke about him. Because you're nothing. You are nothing. Humans are nothing. Other people are nothing. He is a sociopath. It's all his world. We live in it. What can you do for him? That's why he will drop you like a hot potato if you ever steer him wrong or go against him if you're not. That's why loyalty. He likes loyalty. He wants co-conspirators. Complicit. That's why I don't understand uh, how I, it, well, I don't understand. I should, it's, that's a naive statement. Cause I was thinking about how he found so many willing co-conspirators. 
it's probably one of the things that make me so depressed, frankly, in general, knowing how uh, how many how many uh, really horrible people there are on Earth. You always like to think the best of people. You hope the best, but the truth is, not everybody is a great person inside. They, for whatever reason, maybe they they were. I don't know. Maybe they're sociopaths. There's one in a hundred people are sociopaths. Maybe they're they were hurt as children, and instead of getting help for their sicknesses, they turned their manias outward. Some people are hurt as children; they turn their manias inward. You know what I mean? Like me. <laughs> but this. Anyway, just look at his eyes. Ugh. He's vile. He's disgusting. And that's your president? This is another thing. That's why I'm like, what's wrong with us? We have to get to a point like enough. No statue, no paintings of him. So he's his portrait is going to hang in the hall of the president? Are you kidding me? Let's get real, people. Let's stop pretending that this is a functioning system and fix it for real. Not throw band-aids at bleeding arteries, but actually fix the broken system and shore it up so the sick people among us don't have such an easy target. They don't have such a hard, they don't have an easy time getting over with their grift. And that's the only reason Twitler is in office because he he was able to exploit the broken system. So as FDR, he advised us to, let's after we fight fascism and win fascism, let's win a lasting peace. That's what we have to do. By having a country that works for the people, of, by, and for the people, there has to be a trust in government, and there has to be a trust in each other. Trust in government, it's not happening when Republicans are in charge. When Republicans have a giant platform to spread their lies, that's how they have been able, how we, we got here. It's, it didn't happen overnight. They, it started with Reagan talking about how government is the problem. You can't have a functioning system when the people in that system who are subject to that system think that government is the problem but as reality shows us when things happen in a crisis we go we go to the government we expect the government to show up and do its job lend a hand and especially in this crisis that we have the coronavirus what we're seeing is the absolute abject failure, not of government, but of a broken government, a broken Republican Party. And it didn't break overnight. But as the old axiom is, not every Republican is a horrible person, but all horrible people are Republican. Absolutely. Anybody who looks at a Twitler 
a tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man, a dictator-envying con man, a racist, a sexual predator with a fake university, a vitamin, a multi-level marketing vitamin scam, who, who is a horrible, ugly, on-the-inside grifter who can't spell, who goes on Twitter and calls Rosie O'Donnell a fat pig. That's your fucking standard bearer? I'm sorry, I cursed again. I'm trying not to. Please. Thank you, Terry Taylor, for your super chat. Here's to some hope that Trump, T-Rump, isn't above the law. And I also want to say this show today is brought to us by a new patron, Mark Uncle Smokey. So thank you, Uncle Smokey, for taking the extra step and becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. If you become a patron, we'll do a show. How's that? We need about a thousand more patrons. We have a long way to go. Not as long as it once was when we had no patrons, but we still have some ways to go. I do believe that we will get there. But we can't get it there without your help. I think it's all related. I I do the show because I feel I do I this is I've explained this before. I have my it's my opinion that we don't fix uh, this this country without having a liberal media. Period. End of sentence. That's the truth. That's why every autocrat takes over the means of communication. That's why the Republicans put together GOP TV, now known as Fox News. This is why the Mercer family funds Breitbart.com. They gave Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart, before he died, now burning in hell, before they gave him $6 million to keep, to, well, what he did was he bought a townhouse in Washington, D.C., and he hired a staff, and here we are. Breitbart is now, if you're a right-winger, it's, it's, a, it's one of your go-to places. Let's go to there right now and see what a disgusting place it is. Let's go to Breitbart. Because this is what the billionaires want you to believe. Oh, look. So in the middle of a pandemic, well, let's all explore Breitbart together. Let's see. I got to show the page. Blah, blah, blah. Breitbart. Here we go. Woke NFL. Oh, they're still talking about NFL players. This is the front page of Breitbart. The middle of a pandemic, Twitler's tax returns are ordered, well, I don't know if they're ordered to be released uh, specifically, but the Supreme Court rules that Twitler isn't above the law. And what are they talking about on Breitbart? Woke NFL, Eagles owner produces Hitler documentary, has yet to punish Deshaun Jackson for posting anti-Semitic quotes. Who cares? So they have to go, this is the whataboutism again. Oh, well, 
let's it doesn't matter that 130,000 Americans are die, are dead what about the woke NFL and there's nothing done about Deshaun Jackson for uh, nobody did anything to him for posting anti-Semitic quotes the NFL player like it effing matters does the NFL player have does he have power to help us in this pandemic is he the so-called goddamn president no unbelievable the then that's what we were what that vox video that we played the last show with tucker carlson about his virtue signaling distractions here you have it right in living color and breitbart is funded by the mercer family they didn't just give breitbart six million dollars and walk away they're involved they fund it every year. They don't have to worry about bringing in money or uh, whatever, getting patrons. Let me see. They don't have patrons here, you see? I don't see a patron button at all. Nope, nope, nope. They do it. They don't need it. They don't need patrons. They got one patron, and that is the Mercer family, the rich Right-wing billionaires who want to make you stupid enough to slit your own throat at their command. They want you to care. They don't. They want you not to care about your fellow Americans, but just care. Deshaun Jackson posting anti-Semitic quotes. Okay, whatever. So that means I guess that let's all nullify black lives matter movement everything goes down to what somebody one person the what about ism is al gore flies in a plane so let's all burn this goddamn mother earth to the ground to prove a point see the search for the superior moral justification for selfishness now look at Here's the here's the story here. I I don't know anything about this because this is I don't I don't live in a cesspool. Why would I pay attention to a cesspool like Breitbart? But we're doing it to prove a point. Philadelphia Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie has yet to punish wide receiver Deshaun Jackson for admiringly posting anti-Semitic quotes attributed to Nazi madman Adolf Hitler, who, by the way, <laughs> you know. If this were 1930s Germany, who who do you think they would be praising? First of all, it didn't even if they were Americans. If this were were 1930 uh, USA, and they had they would be praising Hitler for keeping businesses and uh, uh in cheap labor and uh undoing those burdensome unions. That's who would they they would be siding with. We know it. They'd be on the side of Henry Ford and uh, what's his name? Limburg, Charles Limburg. Nazi madman. All the time, they have to position themselves like the progressives that they are not. That's how I know we'll win. They all have to pretend they think Hitler is a madman. Meanwhile, here in you, in reality, they're 
They're goddamn calling Nazis very fine people. Talking about the alt-left, which doesn't exist when talking about the alt-right. They're saying that the Tiki Torch Parade, just a bunch of fine people who murdered an American citizen with an automobile, like the terrorists, coincidentally. Interestingly, the timing of the controversy coincides with the release of a documentary on Hitler released by Laurie's production company. What the hell? Does anybody heard has anybody heard of this story besides the right wingers? You know, there's a whole world that we have we really don't know anything about. Like, well, they're in their bubble, and they know a specific set of whatever they're told to know. This might be prolific in the conservative world. I've yet to hear about it. Whenever Twitler is doing something that is beyond belief, like for instance, when he was, uh, when they he gave his uh, when he licked Putin's ass on the na- international stage in Helsinki, Fox News cut away, and they were talking about, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, they cut away to start talking about kneeling NFL players. It's disgusting. They're gross. Uh, On July 9th, Laurie, who is Jewish, announced that a partnership with Cinematic Media, he is set to release a film produced by his production company entitled The Meaning of Hitler. Okay. Deadline went on to describe the film as uh, The Meaning of Hitler uses the title of the best-selling book from the 1979 uh, something, blah, 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 to put a provocative spotlight on our culture's fascination with Hitler and Nazism as it sets itself against the backdrop of the current rise of white supremacy, the normalization of anti-Semitism, and the weaponization of history itself. Lori gushed about the film. We couldn't be prouder of the that the meaning of Hitler is the first completed film made by our new documentary production company, I envision play action to be a leading creative force. What does this have to fucking do with it? This is a front page news story. So what? However, despite Laurie's proud and principled stance against anti-Semitism with his new film, he has thus far allowed the most blatant recent example of such hate to grow right inside his own NFL team. On Monday, Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson raised eyebrows after it was reported that he had posted an anti-Jewish conspiracy theory of Hitler and the Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan to his more than one million Instagram followers. Nearly a day passed before the Eagles finally released a public statement about Jackson's outrageous posts. Though that statement contained no specific plans to punish Jackson and left the matter of disciplinary action very vague. Well, see? Well, there you go. That means that uh, all lives matter, then. All the Eagles said was that they had spoken to Jackson. Well, what should they have done? I don't know. Okay. Maybe he said something stupid. Is that... Does that uh, supersede 
the millions of Americans who filed unemployment again this week or the Americans who can't pay their rent, they are on food lines, the Americans who are dead needlessly, the millions who are sick. What the hell? I don't get it. To this date, it's been nearly four days after Jackson's post became a scandal. Jeffrey Laurie and his NFL team have made no move to punish Deshaun Jackson. All right. This is a front page news story. Unbelievable. Am I missing something here? Is this really worthy? Where's the story about the Supreme Court? Let's see what else. Julian Edelman invites Deshaun Jackson to the Holocaust mu Museum. Great. Here's the headlines. Fauci, hard-hit states should pause reopening. Michael Cohen back in federal custody. Retired police officers to launch Protect Our Police PAC and elect pro-police candidates. Conservatives celebrate founders, veterans, and cops. You ain't... So, yeah, they got... Look at their standard bearer. The goddamn draft-dodging tax cheat. When you cheat on your taxes, who pays for the body armor? Not him. Or the latest war of corporate aggression. Or the... The schools on military bases, who pays? Not Twitler. That's when he's, that's, he doesn't find it to be worthy. He's got to dodge taxes. It's never enough for him. The $250 million, his, his goddamn, what was it, 250 or three? I'm now I'm trying to remember. He, in his trust fund, he received from his daddy, not the $1 million loan which is another lie. Don't you get tired. Here, these um, so-called so conservatives, I wish they were conservative. Maybe they would conserve something like decency, dignity, and democracy. But all of these conservatives, they're supposed to have their finger on the pulse of who is lying to them. All of the scams and the schemes and the swamp. When they got the goddamn swamp creature as their hero. The goddamn creature from the black, the orange goddamn lagoon. <sighs> oh, here. Ohio man with cerebral palsy attacked during riots. It's all this world that Republicans live in is like uh, backwards land. They have to point, pick out the one thing that's, that's abhorrent. Nobody says during riots, of course. They don't call it protests. It's riots. They say nothing about the cops knocking over old men. Unreal. But let's get back to... Where are we here? Where are you guys? All right. White House immediately hit back. This is, we're going back to Mary Trump's book. 
from the article from France 24 with Twitler's dead eyes. Just to remind you what dead eyes look like. The White House immediately hit back, describing Mary Trump's book as too much and never enough. Well, well, the title is Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man as a Book of Falsehoods. Yeah, everyone's lying, but Twitler. Everyone's just picking on him, except he's all he's trying to do, the poor dear, he gave up his incredibly successful business looking at swatches and bankrupting casinos six times over and being put on an allowance by American banks because he couldn't pay back any loans. He had he put that successful business on hold to come and save America from being not the laughing stock of the world. Save America from having a black man as a president. Oh, my Lord. Oh, the humanity. There were millions that were getting health care that didn't get it before. The economy was, I mean, not great. It was on the rise. It wasn't a second Republican Great Depression. That's for sure. That's why I'm here to tell you again. We're not in a great economy, so, you know, even we all talk about Obama, too. It's not a great economy. It was not a great economy before. It wasn't a great economy in Obama. He stopped the economy from going into a depression, but we still had the American people. We're still sinking lower and lower on the ladder. Let's get that straight. Hi, Shannon. I'll see you in the chat. Hail Mary, yes, Greg. <laughs> and yes, Jim, make America gross again. That's it. So she alleges, Mary alleges, that the future U.S. leader, hello, that's why I say, how much longer? It's not just replacing Twitler. We have to eradicate Twitler, his memory. His any any veneration of him that these effing right wingers are going to try to inflict upon us. They're going to try to, uh, I don't know, re rehab his name and their name too. That's another thing. We'll get to that in a minute. So Mary, a clinical psychologist, writes that Trump saw cheating as a way of life. She alleges that the future U.S. leader paid someone to take the SAT pre-collegiate exam, helping him get into University of Pennsylvania's prestigious Wharton Business School. Well, he won't let us see his transcripts there either because I thought he was such a great businessman and such a great student. He's so smart. He's got a very good brain. But... Michael Cohen testified that he called all of Twitler's alma maters and pre preemptively threatened them with legal action if they dare release his transcripts because he sucks. That's why. 
Okay, what's going on here? And if there was something to brag about, what do you th he, you think he wouldn't brag about it? This is the guy that wants everybody to think he's good in bed. Somebody's texting me. Okay. Hello, neighbor. This is my my neighbor. Just texted me. Hope all's well. Just saw Lisa on the, another neighbor. She has a scratching pad and some wet food her cat isn't a fan of and is offering it to you. Yeah! Boom, boom! Chang, chang! Francis and Tara Jr. Jr. are going to get a new scratching pad. Winning! Today is getting better and better. First, Trump has to release his tax returns. And now, Twitler, I mean Twitler, <laughs> and now Tara Jr. Jr. and Francis have to have a new scratching post. All right. Mary is the son of Fred Trump. Trump's older brother, who died in 1981, from complicisms. That's a good word. Complicisms, right? It's like, that's a good word. We should use that word. We should put, that should be already a word, if you ask me. Complicisms? Doesn't it seem like it should be a word? It should mean catastrophes that come from complications. That's complicisms. <laughs> I like that word. I want that in the dictionary by the time the show is over. Greg, get on it. He's the number one Tara Buster fan, so I thought he might have some pull. Complicisms. Mary is the son of Fred Trump Jr., Trump's older brother, who died in 1981 from complicisms related to alcoholism. She writes that her uncle meets all the clinical criteria for being a narcissist, according to the New York Times. Of course, she knows it. We know it. They know it. He knows it. Everybody knows it. But why do we keep playing along like he's a normal person, like he deserves to be unpacked all over the corporate media? They unpack him constantly. What's he tweeting now? What's he saying? What's he thinking? Is he going to rise to the moment if he reads a teleprompter without shitting his diapies? They're all going to have uh, a hard on. He had the best speech. Oh, my God. Now I'm remembering when. Oh, I want to vomit. I've, I wonder if I have that video so we can all vomit. When Joe Scarborough. When um, Twitler, which is a vile disgrace to the United States and everyone who ever fought, bled, and died for this country, when he went to Normandy and gave that speech, where, how dare he? Well, first he was interviewed by Fox News in front of headstones. Talking about how Nancy Pelosi is a, a disgraced, nervous Nancy. I mean, what a vile human. Uh, he's not a human. I can't think of the words. He's like a maggot. That's what a maggot does. They, but a maggot has purpose, though. That's why it's hard to find the right word for him. We, as vile and gross as maggots are, there is a purpose to them. 
they help regenerate the, the earth, fertilize the earth. Your, your decaying body becomes fuel for, the, for earth, for the plants, for the... We go back to the dust. That's why you need maggots, as gross and vile as it is. Yeah, that's right, Jim. Cancer, maybe. He is a cancer. He's a cancer on our body politic. And what is the purpose of cancer? Cancer is a cell in your body that sucks up all the nutrients and destroys your life force. Takes takes and takes and takes to the detriment of all the living, decent cells. And as much as the other, the body tries to fight it off, the cancer just grows and grows and sucks up all the life force and nutrients. So maybe he's more of a cancer. You're right. But I remember when Twitler, let me see this. Hold on. Scarborough. When he went to Normandy, Joe Scarborough talked about, I'm, I'm just searching. I'm hoping I have this. He he gave Twitler high marks for his speech at Normandy. It must have been the best speech he ever gave. That's what he said. That he, you know, we have to give credit where credit is due. He really rose to the moment. He, oh my God, I wanted to fucking throw up. I'm sorry for cursing. Why do I keep saying that? I have to stop. Maybe that's, because uh, you know why? I think maybe... People don't, not people, but maybe the show won't get as much viewers if I'm cursing. That's what I'm thinking. Let me see. Scar I'm just going to do a cursory search here. Scarborough. Twit well, Trump. <laughs> Normandy. Oh, my God. Yes, I found it. Scarborough D-Day anniversary speech is the most. <laughs> That's why we have to stop the corporate media. Scarborough D-Day anniversary speech is most powerful of Trump's presidency. That's all it takes. You don't need to really do anything. You just got to read a teleprompter without having a diaper poop. Unbelievable. MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, a frequent critic of President effing so-called Donald Trip Twitler Trump on Thursday, praised the president's speech commemorating the 75th anniversary of Normandy of the Normandy invasion as the most powerful of his presidency. Trump's remarks, Scarborough said, were the most powerful speech that he's given as president of the United States, certainly the most moving. Moving? Like what? Your bowels? Unbelievable. That's why I ask you guys, are you kidding 
How many more times I got to say? We need a real liberal media. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for your super chats, everyone. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for giving the show a good review on iTunes and elsewhere. We need your help. We need more. (laughs) This is what we're up against. Do you think I would ever be so stupid and such an idiot to listen to Twitler read a teleprompter? Badly, I might add. Badly. And then the the media has, uh, they trip over themselves to praise him in the effort to not f- appear biased, as if we're not supposed to be biased against a con man, a tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man. Everybody knows he's a con man. Nobody knows more than... Joe Scarborough? These people have no integrity. I guess it's when you live in the ivory tower, perhaps the oxygen is so thin up there, it enables you to be, you're automatically, it doesn't take much for you to be a hypocrite. But here on Earth, where we got to work for a living and we see the forest through the trees, some con man giving us a a speech off a teleprompter isn't really the most powerful thing that we've seen of his presidency. We're not buying the bullshit. We're living in reality. And that's why this country is in big-ass trouble, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, it's the truth, and I'm sure you agree. I'm sorry I keep hitting the microphone. I got to stop with the hands. I I grew up on Staten Island, so I am Irish, but you were either Irish or Italian on Staten Island in my neighborhood. So I guess I picked up the hand movements from the my Italian friends, but it's I always had the hand movements. I had that when I was a kid, when I was a baby. It's I don't know, maybe if I sat here like this, would that be boring maybe? I just got to get the hand movements away from the microphone. So. Anyway, that's why I ask. I'm telling you. It's what I believe. This is why I do the show. We have to become more powerful than the liberal media. I mean, the the corporate media. I'm thinking liberal media like MSNBC. The fake liberal media. They're not the liberal media, guys. You know it. Are you kidding me? How many Americans saw that Joe Scarborough calling Trump the most powerful speech he's given as president? How dare you? What do you think Edward R. Murrow would say? God. This is a guy that that called your white... What what did she say? She was bleeding badly from a facelift? Wanted something from him. I said no. What a little tiny scum. Sucking cancer tumor. He's a cancer. Thank you, Jim. We're going to keep with cancer. We're going to stick with the cancer thing. Because that's more appropriate. So, what the hell? The remarks in which Trump praised U.S. allies as France and Britain for their role in D-Day... 
had to be reassuring. That's what Scarborough says. To the nations, despite frequent verbal barbs between their leaders and Trump. Scarborough added, get the hell out of here. Had to be reassuring. No, they're not as easily played as the corporate media. And it's millionaire mouthpieces that really do, do nothing. They serve nothing. The entire corporate media establishment are the Vichy collaborators in the class war against the working people of this country. Because if they weren't, guess what, guys? We wouldn't be in this position. If we had a true media, a true liberal media, that functioned to make sure that the democracy, that we, this thing of ours, worked for the working class. Do you think we'd still be, we'd be in this boat right now? That we would be the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap? That the United States would be, uh, uh, you would be, if you were born in the United States, in the modern United States, you are now more likely, if you're born poor in the United States, you are, you're more likely to remain poor than in any other time in America, well, not in American history, in recent history, since the New Deal. They've undone, they've undone the New Deal. Ugh, I can't talk. They've undone the New Deal. Thankfully, we're hanging by a thread. There's still some of FDR policies that are keeping Americans out of, out of poverty. Unemployment insurance. Imagine we didn't have that. Especially at this time. But that's why I say Republicans are a minority party. There's no need for them. They are the hindrance to progress. Really, there's no need for political parties. If we were a functioning society, why have a party? Political parties like that. The founders warned against factions. Of course they did. Separating into camps. They would think, what do you think they would think about the Republicans? Doing everything they can to undermine voting and representative democracy. And if we were, if, if we had a functioning, first of all, it's it's all related though. If we had a functioning corp, not corporate, true media that worked for the working people, they, then we wouldn't be in this boat. The thing is, it is not a good economy when the American people um, miss two paychecks and have to go on a food bank line. So this didn't happen overnight. The corporate media, what has the corporate media said about that? Find me some clips. I bet you you could go through the whole archive at MSNBC and find a handful, if that, of examples of the Mika Brzezinski's of the world and the Joe Scarborough's of the world lamenting the American, the death of the American middle class. Have they ever mentioned let me ask, have you ever heard them talk about how the middle class, the so-called middle class, quote-unquote, is now below 50% of the population? 
for the first time in generations? That happened. That happened recently. I haven't heard that on MSNBC. Why not? That's part of the problem. And this is something that we should all know. Why don't people know this? God damn it. Why don't? We, th- if this was in the public consciousness, if that was on, if that was front of mind all the time, instead of what Twitler is tweeting. First of all, if we had a functioning middle class, there wouldn't be a Twitler. We wouldn't have to worry about what Twitler is tweeting. He'd be just a washed-up reality TV star calling Rosie O'Donnell a fat pig on Twitter. So, really, it's all related. That's why the liberal media... This is the liberal media. You're looking at it is vital. And what it, what does vital mean? It means you cannot live without it. It is the heartbeat of democracy to have a functioning society. If everybody agreed that we're um what's wrong that you need a in order to have a middle class that oh well, in order to have a functioning democracy you have to have a functioning middle class. If everyone agreed on that, we would we wouldn't be ha- we wouldn't be here. There's so many things would be different. Americans would be alive. The th- uh, the the 130,000 would not have needlessly died. Three million wouldn't be sick. Not to mention the 35 thousand Americans who needlessly die every year without health care or the millions who go bankrupt. So many things can be different. And hopefully they will be. We have to wake everybody up. Wake people up. They know something's not right, even if they don't know, put their finger on it. That's why Twitler was able to become the so-called president. He exploited the broken system that and when I say broken system, it's not, it's the money in politics, it's the corporate owned media, and it is the rich owning politicians and writing the rules that ensure that the middle class remains lower and gets lower and lower and lower on the ladder. And then they throw a couple of subsidies at us, at the few who are really poor on the balls of their ass. So those a couple of rungs higher on the ladder turn around, and instead of pointing their anger upward, they point it down. They say, oh, look, they're taking advantage. Them, others. And who are those others? Oh, brown people, of course. For the most part, that's how they do it. They divide us and conquer us, especially along racial lines. This is the game. Of course, Trump and Z's don't see it because they're, they're too busy begging a billionaire con man who's not even a billionaire, who's a fake-ass billionaire, to trickle on them and meet them for a beer. I mean, think about how stupid this corporate media is that... 
even during the Bush years, remember, we would hear, first of all, it's all polls. The polls say this, the polls say that. What are they saying? What are they saying now? Who's up in the polls? Who's down in the polls? What percent in the poll? Go to the big board, the polls. Uh, it's like, it's a circle jerk of polls. They're jerking each other's polls. It's ridiculous. But, you know, if, oh my God, I'm getting all these super chats. You're distracting me here. Don't keep it up, I mean, <laughs> you guys. Thank you, Garfield. And John, thank you. Yay, Garfield. Nice to see you, Garfield. But, all right, where was I? So, if there were... I was thinking about the polls, circle jerking the polls. If we had a... First of all, okay. If we had a functioning media, that's why we're doing this. This is the media. So I do thank you. I'm not kidding. Thank you, Garfield. And thank you, John and Terry and Jim and everyone else and everyone who's a patron at patreon.com. And thank you, Uncle Smokey, for making tonight's show possible. So if we had a functioning media that's that talked about these things you think that the american people would allow it to continue of course not they don't talk about it though that's why over at breitbart what are they t they're talking about a nfl player who said something anti-semitic as if that actually matter i mean yeah of course it all matters we don't want people to be Anti-Semitic and racist? Yes, of course not. But we're, w there are so many other things that are worthy of the headline going on right now. And that's the game. Thank you, Mark. Oh, man, another super chat. So let's get back. Wait, I want to see something here. Oh, we were going on this... Uh, Trump's speech, oh, here's the thing that made me want to throw my fucking, oh, sorry. <laughs> throw my, just do a roundhouse kick to my own television, but I didn't because I can't afford to replace my another television, really. So, uh, speaking of, come on. So annoying. Why, 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 why? Why do you do that to me, Roko Media Player? Giving away the game. Trump's speech, this is what Scarborough said, measured up to the moment and was really a salute, a true salute to the unity of the day. Co-host Mika Brzezinski and another another frequent critic of Trump added, "These people are shameless. Are you kidding, Mika and Joe? What the hell? What I mean, really, how they should have framed the day was he read a teleprompter. He's a he's a disgrace. Why is he there?" This is, uh, this country <laughs> has a lot of work to do. 
there's a symptom, there's cancer in the body politic representing the American people, that's the best we got? Measured up to the moment? No, we didn't. Let's listen. Hold on. I, I, I'm sorry to do this to you guys. You probably don't deserve it. <laughs> probably. Let's see. Oh. As one of them recently put it, all the heroes are buried here. But we know what these men did. We knew how brave they were. Shut the F They came up. here and saved freedom. And then they went home and showed us all what freedom is all about. Oh, my God. The American sons and daughters who... Yes, we're so... F Don't you feel free? Free to die needlessly without health care. Free to live on the wrong side of Reaganomics and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and beg a billionaire to trickle on you. Don't you feel free? Unreal. I hope that future Americans look back. They find this show and they know that anthropologists in the, a thousand years look back, they dig up... They go through our material. You know they'll do it. And they'll, they will know that we didn't buy the bullshit. That there were millions of us that saw right through the con. And we were doing all that we could to stop it and wake people up. In spite of the, the entrenched power structure, which includes the corporate media, on the so-called liberal corporate media. What a disgrace. He met the moment. I, uh, listen to this. Saw us to victory were no less extraordinary in peace. They built families. They built industries. They built a national culture that inspired the entire world. They battled not for control and domination, but for liberty, democracy, and self-rule. They pressed on for love and home and country, the main streets, the schoolyards, the churches, <sighs> and neighbors, the families, and communities that gave us men such as these. I am sorry. I'm sorry. I know, I'm reading the chat. I can't take it. It's horrible. It's absolutely vile. I see that the camera's not focusing again. So, so stupid and tedious and, and so boring. He sucks. He can't read a speech. He's not a good orator. What is he talking about? He met the moment. That's why I brought it up. Because that's your liberal media, ladies and gentlemen. He measured up to the moment, and it was a real true salute, salute to unity? Because some con man on downers breathed into a microphone and read a teleprompter badly? It's 
ridiculous. And it continues. Scarborough was not the only media figure who had frequent clashes with the president to offer praise for the speech. Jim Acosta, CNN's Jim Acosta, said Trump stayed on script, stayed on message, and I think rose to the moment. They're so eager to pretend that he is a president. How many times, like Lucy in the football, that we have to go through this? He's not a president. He's a con man who received fewer votes thanks to a rigged-ass system. And in fact, when we get Greg Palace on the show soon, not uh, I don't know the date yet, but he's coming on the show, he will explain that, in his opinion, Hillary Clinton won this election. We know she won the majority of the votes, but in his opinion, she also was uh, ripped off. Not just she, we were. Once again, the Republicans rig and steal and gerrymander and kick people off the voting rolls and prevent people from voting and not count people's votes who do vote. And the American people lose. It's all about concentrating wealth and power. And how, I I guess, Twitter is the, he's emblematic. He's the personification of everything I just said. That's all they care about. They don't care if we have a, a functioning society. Who lives or dies? Who's in the middle class? Who's on a food line? Who is declaring bankruptcy for medical care? Who can't get medical care? Who needlessly dies? They don't care. Who's unemployed? Who can't find a job? Who is working three uniquely American low-paying jobs and still can't come close to the standard of living that they thought was their birthright. That was their grandfather's birthright. They don't care. They will put any lumbering idiot in any office, any position of power, be it a senator, be it a congressman or woman, or be it this the so-called president, be it the Supreme Court justice, be it a circuit court justice, they don't care. If it's not about making a functioning society. In their opinion, the functioning society is a, is a society that works for them alone, for the rich. I've explained it all the time. It is the entire history of Western civilization, yet again. It's always been us, the working class, against the elite. The rich. Don't be fooled. Thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. Thank you. You are... What does that say? I can't see the bottom of that. I am what? Good? Swear it up, Jim says. Oh, thank you, Jim. Another super chat. Holy moly. Let me add my two cents. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. John, thank you for your cute little cat emojis. Thank you, Garfield and Terry and Jim. You guys make the show possible. You make me want to get out of bed in the morning. I'm not kidding when I say that. It's, it is not easy. And I'm really um, thankful 
and grateful for this community. I I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, oh, I do. I cry very easily, as it is. I cry when I laugh, too. That's another thing. That's a curse. I cry when I laugh. I cry when I watch TV. I cry when I do the show. What are you going to do? I do. Uh, I'm a crier. What can I say? All right, let's get back to business. I, I didn't mean to go down memory lane with Twitler and Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski's licking Twitler's taint on on uh, D-Day, on the D-Day anniversary. It makes me sick f for everything. Even the way that they're giving him accolades. Why don't they point out that he's a draft dodger? That when he had his turn, he loves the military so much, but he did everything he could to get out of it. He could never, you know, that's for suckers, you see. That's why. That's for suckers, not for movers and shakers like him. He had fake invoices to make. He had a fake LLC to create so he can siphon money using these fake invoices. You know, he had things to do. Job. Job creators. That's what he did. Who did he make jobs for? Uh, nobody. Because there were no, there's not a real corporation. He is a grifter. Ladies and gentlemen, and I cannot wait to see his taxes. That's going to be nice, even though we have to wait. Imagine um, if they, if he was a successful businessman, you realize he would have released his tax returns. There is something in his tax returns. They keep insisting, oh, uh, that the American people already decided this. No, honey, the American people voted for Hillary Clinton more than they voted for Twitler. The American people, maybe the American sheeple, the dum-dums, they don't care. They think it's fine. They actually do think he is a successful businessman. They're the ones who watched The Apprentice and thought it was a documentary. But we know better. He's a grifter, even, well, his, his niece, she says it all. In the book, I cannot wait for, that's going to be great, but what else did she say? Let me see. Mary Trump and her book, Pablo, oh, no, that's a different article. Where is it? The advance editions sent out of Mary's memoir, they appear on track to publish 75,000 copies. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of people are buying it, they're saying. I want to get to the what she says. In order to understand, let's see, I'll show you Mary. Oh, it says, you are amazing. Thank you, Shannon. You're amazing. <laughs> right, Mark C says, oh, come on, Tara, the taxes are under audit. That's right. Actually, I was watching the the press uh, propagandist today. Uh, it's on uh, They did the, you know, she had a live press 
presser. I wonder if I can find it on C-SPAN. It doesn't matter. But all she says is what you just said. They asked her, are the president's taxes under audit? They're very complicated. They're still under audit. Yeah, it's like uh, solving a Rubik's Cube. It's E uh, equals MC squared times a thousand. No one will ever be able to understand Trump's taxes. It's it's the, uh, I, I don't know, it's like we need some kind of Rosetta Stone. <laughs> How could any one human being or an army of accountants decipher all those fake invoices and the multi-level marketing vitamin scam and the fake veterans charity and the fake university and the fake water goddamn some water scam or and the and the Trump shuttle and the Trump magazine and the Trump what what else stakes and the Trump, uh, what else did he do? He's just a grifter. The thing that's so funny, and I mention it all the time because it needs to be repeated. He's not, he sucks. He's a, he's not a businessman. What has he ever innovated? He is a bore. That's why his eyes are dead. There's no life in him. Or his entire disgusting family. That's why they have to go out and kill beautiful animals. Anything beautiful they have to destroy. Because the beauty in life is such a contrast to their ugliness that they like they need it they need to drag life down to their ugly level. They're disgusting. I mean, how did look at the the even the family in their spare time? They got to go kill. Right. Like what's it like this? The vaquita. There's fifty of these. The world's. I mean, this is human beings too. That's what Donald Trump does. That's what. People like him do. The vaquita is not only the world's smallest, well, dolphin, basically, but it's also the most endangered marine mammal. It's currently estimated that only, well, now it says only 10 to 15 vaquita remain. Last I read it was 50, so I guess we are really finishing off this species. And their population has has decreased at an astonishing rate. That's who they are. Apparently, um, I'm not saying that the the Trumps did anything to do this, but this is the human. This is humans do this. We know better. We should know better. Some of us do know better, and we have to fight against the people who don't know any better. These ugly bastards. These greedy bastards that will wipe out species after species after species until we're the only things... The only thing left will be what? Twitler and roaches, maybe? And a couple of porn stars? Who is he going to call a fat pig then? There'll be nobody left. Which makes me... Which reminds me, actually... 
Hmm. I always have everything prepared and then it falls apart during the show. For example, speaking of extinction, this is in Common Dreams. Updated species extinction list signals urgent action needed to save life on Earth. Well, with no life on Earth, who's Twitler going to be able to grift? There'll be nobody to rob money from, No, nobody to donate to his fake veterans charity or sign up for his fake university or buy his fake VIP gold card now. That's what they're doing. The Trump campaign. I got an email. Sign up for their gold card. Somebody Could somebody put me on Twitler's mailing list? And I got an email from Trump, Donald, I mean, no, I got an email from Eric Trump today. I mean, I didn't take myself off it because I figured, eh, I should be able to stomach these bastards. But look at this. Just to keep up with what they're doing. This is the email. Friend, my father really needs your support which is why he asked me to reach out and offer you one more chance to get on the right side of history with us. For the next hour, if you contribute any amount, you will automatically reach VIP status and become a member of the Trump VIP club. It's that easy. And what do you do? What's that? Can I get, can it get me out of a ticket if a cop pulls me over? For the next hour, if you contribute any amount, oh, I read that already, this exclusive offer expires in one hour, friend. After that, you will permanently forfeit your potential status as a Trump VIP. As a member of the official Trump VIP club, you'll be the first to receive campaign strategy surveys. Wow! Can I get 10% off at the local supermarket? No, no. That that requires a deal. There ain't no deal making going on here. There's only fake deal making. There's only a grifter telling you what a deal maker he is. You'll get early access to new Trump merchandise. Wow! You'll get early access to pay, to be able to pay him some more of your hard-earned money. Key campaign surrogates like Lara Trump. Oh, that's the one that Trump didn't know who he was, who she was, <laughs> even though she lived in his house for two years. <laughs> well, she's just a fucking human being. Sorry. Oops. Uh, uh, stop it. She's just human. She's not. She's not a human doing. For him, she's a human being, and you only become a alive in his dead eyes when you're a human doing for him. Surrogates like Lara Trump, whoever that is, Don Jr., and the vice president, whose wife is unironically named Karen, everyone. I love when the memes just write themselves. We'll send you important campaign emails. Like what? Like this one? To tell you to be in the VIP club if you chip in any more of your money. These 
Our grifters. This is the latest scam. There's nothing. There's th nothing different between this and the Trump Network vitamin scam, except we all have to go along for the ride. And I didn't sign up. I don't remember peeing in a cup for him. What the hell? And lastly, you'll cement your name in history. Oh, wow. I'm making history. It's all like, this reminds me of the emails you get from the from the Nigerian prince. And lastly, you'll cement your name in history as one of the key leaders of the 2020 election. When you go to the uh, Republican convention, you th show your Trump VIP card. I wonder if that'll get you, uh, that and a bus ticket will get you out of town. Maybe it'll get you a trip to the local emergency room when you come down with the coronavirus. I'll be meeting with my father first thing tomorrow morning to review the updated list. I'm sure that's a true statement, right? They're, he's right on top of it. He's like, Dad, here's our VIP list. Where am I here? Only 50 Patriots. And hello. That's why I say bullshit. We call bullshit. Conservatives are not patriots. You're not. You are. You're the antithesis of patriot. Being a patriot means you're not a selfish person. Okay. Because you can't be a selfish person who doesn't care about your fellow Americans and call yourself a patriot. Being a patriot means you're, you're not a racist. Because we live in a country of 320 million diverse people, the majority of whom are immigrants. We are a nation of immigrants. Some of us are only one generation, two generations, like me. My grandparents came here. My father was an anchor baby. And then you have the Native Americans. So we all have to share this country. And in spite of its racist-ass bloody history, real patriots, we want to reconcile that history and have a, all of us have a seat at the table in a country that works for all of us. Imagine that. Now that's what it means to be a patriot. That's patriotism. Having a functioning society, not one that's at each other's throats. Not one where the, your fellow Americans say, I don't care, your health, your problem. When your fellow Americans are needlessly dying without health care, you don't say, uh, you don't throw a party in the Rose Garden after signing a bill to kick millions of Americans off their health care. So give me a break. Republicans are not patriots. I'm sorry. Get a clue. Look at Eric Trump's picture. He's so manly. The way he's looking off in the distance. There must be somebody holding a, 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 a some money, something he can scam. Join the VIP club. Oh, did you also know that 
Trump. Here's another thing. Let me share while I Google this. That Trump's pictures, you know how people, they do retouching on photos, of course. I wish I had a constant retoucher on my video, frankly. <laughs> I wish, well, whatever. I wish You wish in one hand and uh, poop in another, right, Shannon? We see which one fills up faster. It is what it is. Time marches on. But Trump um, photoshops the length of his fingers. Let me see. That's what a little tedious, petty little con man he is. Look at this. From the cut. By all accounts, Trump, Twitler, is a very imaged-obsessed man. He's not a man. He's a cancer. The process by which he keeps his hair in check is reportedly elaborate. He puts a lot of consideration into small details, including the puzzling tie length. So it's not surprising to learn that some of his images on his official Facebook page have been digitally tweaked to make him appear thinner and um, longer of the finger. <laughs> A brave Gizmodo reporter has taken a deep look into the photos posted on Trump's official Facebook and Instagram accounts in recent months and has pointed out that those images are suspiciously different from the White House's official photos. In addition to cleaned up hair and tightened up wrinkles, the social media accounts versions of these photos appear to show Trump with slimmer with a slimmer body and even Slightly larger hands. Sure, it's not a super obvious change, but Trump has reportedly been secure, insecure about his hands ever since Graydon Carter called him a short-fingered vulgarian way back in 1988. So it's not surprising that he'd have someone Photoshop his insecurities away. Plus, all this tracks with Trump's known fixation with appearances and at least... This Photoshop job is a great deal more subtle than the one Donald Trump Jr. and his girlfriend went for. What was that? Oh, look. <laughs> Just a natural, totally unfiltered pic of two regular humans. On Wednesday, the former Fox News host... Well, this is... when. What year was this? This was... On, oh, on 2018. First boy, Donald Trump Jr., with a, uh, posted an Instagram. Kimberly Guilfoyle posted an Instagram of herself and her boyfriend, Donald Trump Jr., with the caption, Making America Great Again. Mega. Yeah. Ew. Let me get this out of the way here. See if I pull that over there. Yep, just two totally unfiltered human beings. Just a nice natural pick of a couple of fishing enthusiasts whose skin suits are completely smooth 
uniformly colored and slightly blurry. <laughs> Dumb bastards. Oh my, yeah, look. It just blurred out everything. Glowing and blurry. Well, she's got coronavirus now. Wonder what she's looking like. Steel traps and short fingers. Uh-oh. I am reading my first free article. Everything is costing things now. It sucks. That's why I ask you to become a patron, too, because it it costs money to make this show. So here's the picture. Donald Trump's short fingers, a historical analysis. There he is. There's a picture. Oh, where's the other picture? Oh, here we go. I want to see the the one that they altered. Because I saw it. You could tell. They added another inch to his finger. What a tiny little grifter. Ew. Look at where we live. Look at the... Oh, my God. Help us. Ew. Gross. Ew. For those on the on the podcast, you're probably like, what are they looking at? Well, I'm looking at a picture of Twitler and who is this again? Puff Daddy. Look at her boobs. Ugh. Yes, just to too totally in love. Crazy kids in love. A fake billionaire and a nude model and her and her sugar daddy <laughs> Ugh. that's your first lady everyone oh there's a, him and his future girlfriend Ivana I, I mean Ivanka yeah he does look at that it's like a little stub stubby little toe that, it looks like a toe sticking up in the air not a finger Oh, well, I got off track. We were talking about the extinction of the human race and, well, starting with our the species that we share the planet with. I got news for you. We can't live on the Earth. We're all in this web of life, and we need other species. But what do I know? I'm just a lesbian recovering addict. Army National Guard veteran with two cats and uh, and a podcast on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn and YouTube. That has a Patreon page, (laughs) in case you didn't know. I don't know if you knew that. We have a Patreon page at at, uh, patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. All right, the assessment. Okay, here we go. Rewind. The U.S.-based Center of Biological Diversity warned on Thursday of the urgent action needed to save life on Earth. Oh, that's all. Nothing nothing to do here. Nothing. Just relax. Go about your business. In response to a new global assessment revealing that nearly 27% of over 120,000 analyzed plant and animal species are now threatened with extinction. And Donald Trump Jr. flies to Tibet 
and gets a retroactive permit after he murders an endangered animal, by the way, recently. These people are disgusting. They're why this, the world sucks. They really are. There's no redeeming quality to them. And all of the Republicans that put them in power. This assessment shows that one in four mammals are facing extinction. And although we don't prefer to think of ourselves as animals, we humans are mammals. Tierra Curry, a senior scientist at CBD, said in a statement, We have to take a bold and rapid action to reduce the huge damage we've been doing to the planet if we're going to save whales, frogs, lemurs, and ultimately ourselves. It's... This is how stupid we are and how selfish. This is why I can't stand Republicans on top of everything else. I remember Sarah Palin once. I mean, of course, she sucks. I remember her once going off on, oh, yeah, we couldn't. Something was happening because the liberals wanted to save. uh, They had to save the uh, some kind of spider. So we stopped progress on a building. She was complaining, and all of her goddamn mouth-breathing supporters who she was speaking to, all the dummies, were, Oh, yeah, man, can't stop progress. Fuck that spider. They don't seem to get that, of course, the spider is probably in part of a bigger, intricate web of, uh, of the environment. So if you... Get rid of the spider. Perhaps this other bug will overtake the local whatever is growing. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And then it's out of control. The whole balance is off. It's sort of like when, I think in Yosemite, they introduced, they, 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 why can't I talk? They introduced wolves back into um, Yosemite Park because they were saying, oh, the, the, the deer were out of control, so they had to send people in to, sh- to murder the deer for no good reason, except that we had eradicated the wolf from this particular um, environment. So when they brought, they, they reintroduced wolves. Am I, uh, I think it's in Yosemite. Yeah, what happened? Of course, I have a thousand things in my mind at once. Wolves haven't been in Yosemite since, where is this? Yes, what happened when wolves were removed from Yosemite Park? And then they reintroduced the wolves. So, in the 19... Well, here we go. In the, in the 1800s, westward expansion brought settlers and their livestock into direct contact with native predator and prey species. Much of the wolves' prey base was destroyed as agriculture flourished. With the prey base removed, the wolves began to prey on domestic stock, which resulted in humans eliminating wolves from most of their historical range. Predator control, including poisoning, was practiced in the park in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Other predators, such as bears, cougars, and coyotes, were also killed 
to protect livestock and the more desirable, quote-unquote, wildlife species such as deer and elk. The gray wolf was present in Yellowstone when the park was established in, in 1872. Today, it is difficult for many people to understand why early park managers would have participated in the extermination of wolves. After all, Yellowstone National Park Act in 1872 said that the Secretary of the Interior, quote, shall, shall provide against the wanton destruction of fish and game within the park. But that was in an era before people, including many biologists, understood the concept of an ecosystem and the interconnectedness of all species. At the time, the wolves' habit of killing prey species was considered wanton destruction of animals. Between 1914 and 1926, at least 136 wolves were killed in the park. By 1940, wolf packs were rarely reported. By the mid-1900s, wolves had been almost entirely eliminated from the entire 48 states. An intensive survey in 1970s found no evidence of a wolf population in Yellowstone. Although an occasional wolf probably wandered into the area, a wolf-like canid was filmed in Hayden Valley in August 1992, and a wolf was shot just outside the park's southern boundary in September 1992. However, no verifiable evidence of breeding of a breeding pair of wolves existed. During the 1980s, wolves began to reestablish breeding packs in northwestern Montana. 50 to 60 wolves inhabited Montana in 1994. In the 1960s, wildlife management policy changed to allow populations to manage themselves. Many suggested at the time, for such regulation to succeed, the wolf had to be part of that picture. Also in the 1960s and 70s, national awareness of environmental issues and consequences led to the passage of many laws designed to correct mistakes of the past and to prevent similar mistakes in the future. One such law was the Endangered Species Act, passed in 1973. Well, that's on the chopping block for Republicans. You better believe it. That's one of the first things that Twitler did. He made it legal. For hunters to shoot hibernating bears and bear cubs, that used to be off, off limits for these pigs. No offense to pigs who would never behave like that. I apologize, pigs. Why anybody wants to shoot a sleeping animal? That person needs to be, in my opinion, those people are vile. They are the waste of human DNA. They bring us to positions like this where we're on the brink of turning Mother Earth into an uninhabitable planet. And we're, by the time we're done, we're taking as many species with us as we can. So the F... F where, where am I? Where am I? So this law required to restore endangered species that have been eliminated, if possible. By 1978, all wolf subspecies were on the federal list of endangered species. I think they took them off, actually. These fucking Republicans. And then I, I meant to curse there. 
Ugh, this is why, you know, when people say, I won't vote for Joe Biden, Joe Biden sucks. I get it. He is a right-wing Democrat. But he's not the only one that will be in the administration. There will be other people. There will be normal people, decent people. I, I know. We have a lot of work to do. We have our work cut out for us. But this bleeding has to stop. So, all right, where was I? Let me get back to this Common Dreams article. Ugh, God help us. So, back to the Common Dreams article. We know what we need to do to end extinction. At this point, it's a matter of political will to rapidly move away from fossil fuels, stamp out the wildlife trade, and overhaul the toxic ways we produce food. We can really do all these things, but we need world leaders to stand up and do them. That's Tiara Curry, the senior scientist at CBD, the Center for Biological Diversity. Curry's comments came after the International Union for Conservation and Nature, IUCN, on Thursday announced an update to its red list of threatened species, revealing that 32,441 of the 120, 372 species assessed are at risk. Thanks to human beings. Like Curry... IUCN experts demanded urgent global action in a statement announcing an <clears throat> excuse me announcing this update. The IUCN red list update exposes the true scale of threats faced by primates across Africa, said IUCN acting director general Grethel Ogular. Ogwala, maybe. Oh. It also shows that Homo sapiens needs to drastically change its relationship to other primates and to nature as a whole. At the heart of this crisis is a dire need for alternative, sustainable livelihoods to replace the current reliance on deforestation and unsustainable use of wildlife. These findings really bring home the urgent need for an ambitious post-2020 biodiversity framework that drives effective conservation action. Among other animals, the IUCN Red List now classifies 33 lemur species, the European hamster, and the North Atlantic right whale as critically endangered. In a separate Center for Biological Diversity statement focusing on the whales found along the east coast of the United States and Canada, Legal Director Kristen Monsell declared that the entanglements and the ship strikes are pushing these amazing animals to the brink of extinction. Jane Smart, Global Director of the IUCN Biodiversity Conservation Group, said that the dramatic declines in species, such as the North Atlantic right whale included in today's Red List update, highlights the gravity of the extinction crisis. While the red list focuses on species for which there are there's enough information to assess conservation status, Thursday's update follows a May 
2019 report from the Intergovernmental, uh, Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services that warned human activities had pushed a million species to the brink of extinction. I don't even know there was a million species. You know, remember Twitler? Hey, there, there are 300, how many, we didn't know how many uh, countries there were. Who knew that? Nobody knew. There were 192 countries. Who knew there were more? God help us. The post-2020 Global Biodiversity Framework is expected to be finalized next meeting of the Conference of the Parties, COP15, to the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity, CBD which will likely be held in China sometimes in 2021. The event was initially scheduled for October, but it has been postponed due to the coronavirus. Something in my mouth, that's why. In January 20... Wait, wait, wait. In January, CBD published Saving Life on Earth, a plan detailing how the United States could help lead the fight against the global extinction crisis by investing $100 billion to save at-risk species and to help create 500 new national parks, wildlife refuges, and marine sanctuaries. The plan also calls for protecting 30% of U.S. lands and water by, no- by 2030 and 50% by 2050. Well, that would be smart. How can you rape the lands, though, if you got to worry about other species? The only species they care about is the unholy dollar. And themselves, and maybe they could, maybe effing a porn star here and there. Humans have never witnessed the profound level of wildlife losses unfolding in front of us right now, Curry said, when the center's plan was released. We are at a planetary turning point that calls for visionary action to save all life on Earth. The solutions are within reach. We only need the courage and political will to make it happen. Well, what do you think? Do you think we got courage and political will? Not with who's in the squatting in the White House. Not with Republicans. That's for sure. And thank you, John, again. Another super chat. You guys are great. Can you find about a thousand more of you? And we'll be set. We'll have a show every day. We'll be able to hire somebody to do prep work to be a producer or something who knows we could have somebody who can call people and try to get them on the show you know post clips we need a lot of we need help I'm one person I told you (laughs) who somebody posted probably one of you guys on the chat here on the one of the YouTube videos. Oh, the, with me and AOC on the YouTube video. Why did it take you three months to make this video? And I was like, I didn't take it to in the wrong way at all. Um, I just said, I'm only one person, my friend. It takes time because well, I'm doing the show. I'm prepping the show. The videos take time. That's why I appreciate when Haiku or whoever, somebody else sent, uh, Greg has sometimes sent some um, suggestions for clips. That 
it helps. I can't do the show and then sit here and listen to the show and try to hunt clips. Not all the time. I don't have the time. It takes time. Everything does. Prepping takes time. Reading takes time. It all takes time. And I do it. I'll do it. We are growing. There is no doubt. Everything's going in the right direction. It's not going down. It's going up. Not fast enough for my liking, but that's just the nature of the beast. I'm sure one day we'll look back and we'll say, remember when? It's, I wish I could snap my fingers, though. But we don't have the Breitbart, uh, you know, because we're, we don't have the Mercer family, because we are fighting on the right side of history, on the right side of humanity. We're up against these people. So we're in it, we're in it together. We have each other. And we, there are more of us. That's why I know. We have some very passionate fans and supporters and friends, I have to say. Because if you're on the Discord, if you're, if you're a patron, even if you're not, I understand. Not everybody can be a patron. That's, I get it. This is a tough time. So I do appreciate everyone who can be a patron. Other ways to support the show, and you do. I know that. You give the show a good review on iTunes. That helps. You share the show with your friends. You share with uh, you share our clips. But you could also you don't have to be a patron. You could come to the Discord community and get to know everybody. We have the Discord link in the chat. Not in the chat. Where is the Discord link? Do I have it here in the description? If I don't, I'll post it. So, join us there, too. We're building a thing here. And I I love it. It's great. It helps me. I think it helps all of us. That's the feedback I'm getting. It helps me. It helps you. Because that's humanity. We're in it together. We're... When one of us is down... We're not all down at the same time. So, when I'm down, somebody... You you guys are up, and you're you're saying, "Don't worry about it. We'll we got it. We keep going," and I hear that. How do I? Oh, okay. Where do I send them, Andrea? You could just post them in Discord or something. You could say, or send them to. Well, I can give you my email. But you got to go to Discord. Chat me up on Discord. You're in the Discord chat. I don't want to post my email here. You understand? My, re my I have the the re um, Republican Dirty Tricks email, contact email. That's not my personal email, though. I got enough... I don't want. I mean, I they my email must be out there anyway. So, because why am I getting some right wingers are signing me up for conservative websites, but that I never signed up for, like the Conservative Report. <laughs> Somebody must have. I guess it's out there. I'm sure you can find anybody's email nowadays. Must not be too hard to find it, but I will. Send it to you on the Discord. 
if you want to, if you find some clips, you say, oh, this is a good clip from here to here. That helps. Like, give me the time that it's on and the, and the particular clip or that it's from, the show that it's from. Where am I? Where am I? Who am I? What am I doing? Oh, here's something I wanted to show you guys. There's so many things happening. I'm looking at the list that I put together for every show. And it's it's a an embarrassment. It never ends. That's why I say when I re- when I created Republican Dirty Tricks, the website I'm like, we'll never run out of material. If only. Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Half of the show is me going, wait a minute. Hold on, I'm looking something up. Okay, here's this video from the, the Lincoln group. I thought it was a good video. And I was like, we got to make videos like this. Democrats. Why don't Democrats do this? All right, let's play it, and then I'll we'll talk about it. Someday soon, the time of Trump will pass. This circus of incompetence, corruption, and cruelty will end. When it does, the men and women in Trump's Republican Party will come to you, telling you they can repair the damage he's done. They'll beg you to forget their votes to exonerate Trump from his crimes, ask you to forgive their silence, their cowardice, and their betrayals as Trump wrecked this nation. Every time they had a choice between America and Trump, they chose Trump. Every time they were called to the service of this nation and their sacred oath, they chose Trump. Every time. Learn their names. Remember their actions. And never, ever trust them again. Nice. That's a killer ad. Hello, why don't Democrats talk like this? This is what drives me insane. The Republicans put that together. The Lincoln Project, anti-Trump Republicans, the people like Steve Schmidt, who, in my opinion, made Twitter possible. We know it because he was the one responsible for Sarah Palin. They were fine. They brought us to this position by crossing the line after line after line, bringing us closer and closer to a country that is the least separately mobile, where the working class are the working poor, that into the fissures of disunity and the betrayal that the working class knows that they have been betrayed. So into that, they, what did FDR say? The stuff of dictatorship. That's how dictatorships are born. They made this. They gave us this legacy. They brought Twitter to us. But fine, okay. I think it's great. They're coming out and talking and saying it's, uh, you know, they're trying to reclaim, I guess, the Republican Party. But know their names. Absolutely. So what I thought of when I saw that ad, I, I love it. The, the beat, the driving music, the editing, the naming them. Remember their names. Ted Cruz, Joni Ernst, Tom Cotton, all of them. Yeah, why? Mitch McConnell. 
Yet, on the Democratic side of the aisle, this is why we have to push these bastards, especially the Democrats, because you have... What, what, what does Joe Biden say about this? The post-Trump era. He can work with Republicans. Yeah? You're going to give them a pass? Biden? You're going to work with Mitch McConnell? He actually said he was happy. Mitch McConnell. What, right? Didn't he say something about... Let me see. Hold on. Biden, Mitch McConnell. Biden, yeah. January 2020, Biden, Mitch McConnell will become mildly cooperative with Democrats post-Trump. Former vice president has also said Republicans will have an epiphany once Donald Trump leaves office. From the Huffington Post by Amanda Turkle. Joe Biden believes that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the man who refused to even vote on Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court, will suddenly become mildly cooperative with Democrats once Donald Trump, Twitler, the, the cancer in our body politic, is no longer president. The former vice president and current Democratic presidential candidate made, well, this is in January, so, made his rosy prediction at a Tuesday fundraiser in New York City with, at a mega law firm, Scadden, Arps, Slate, Meager, and Flom. That's, is that a real name? That sounds like something out of, I don't know, something from Harry Potter. Scadden, Arps, Slate, Meager, and Flom. Right? Doesn't it? That sounds like Harry Potter. He says he believes that all politics is the logical extension of human nature and personal relationships. Um, yeah, bullshit. It is, yeah, human nature. That's why you don't want to have greedy grifters. People who are capable of being bribed. That's why you got to get money out of politics. In fact, somebody posted on one of our videos, on one of the Tara Buster videos, you should run for Congress or something. You should run for office. People say that to me all the time. I'm There's no way. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This is as equally important, in my opinion. Some people can run for Congress. We got AOCs of the world. They, they're good. Let them run, and I will sit here pushing the Democratic Party. I'll be... Like the pamphleteers, in my opinion. That's how I look at it. There would have been no American Revolution without Thomas Paine's common sense. That's, he was like uh, the podcaster of his day, in a sense. But, but, anyway, the point is, what he said was, but then maybe you would be corrupted if you got into office, then you would have to get uh, fundraise. He said it in a succinct -er way, but I, the point was that maybe I wouldn't be the same because I would be corrupted by money. And that's the thing. I said, I don't think so, but you never know if you're in that position. Nobody's ever given me a billion. I don't think I would anyway. Honestly, I really don't think I would because 
I'm somebody that, no, I couldn't. Because somebody said to me once, another time, because I work in TV, and they said, and I was talking to somebody who had worked at Fox News. He was an editor at Fox News. And I said, I was like, oh, I don't know how it came up. But I was like, he said, you would never work for Fox News. And I was like, no, I couldn't. He's like, what if you were starving? And I was like, no, I couldn't. I really couldn't. I don't, it, it couldn't happen. I wouldn't be able to take it. I wouldn't be able to participate. I would be, I, it's not worth it. Life is too short. Ooh, ooh, thinking about it. So, I don't know. Nobody's ever offered me a billion dollars. I was never starving, so maybe I got to that point. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll never be in that position. So, but my what I responded was like, that is why you have to get money out of politics. So if you're, you know... If you have to think about it, I don't know. I don't think I would be corrupted, but I've never been in that position. I doubt it, but still, we know human nature. I watch a show on CNBC. It's called American Greed. Have you ever seen it? It's all about different scams that people have been inflicted on, uh, have inflicted on them, that they've fallen for. People losing their life savings. Old people. It's always some 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 con man. Somebody promises the moon. How they never saw it coming. They trusted them. And next thing you know, they got nothing. They think, oh, we're getting a return. All of these stories, too. Someone, they sign into... And it looks legitimate half the time. Some financial advisor promises great returns they invest money with them and each quarter they're getting statements and the statements are getting bigger and bigger but meanwhile the financial advisor is going off uh, traveling the globe living the high life it's not investing a dime. It's all just a number that he printed out on a paper. This happens all the time. And then they're like, oh, some, I didn't see it coming. I trusted them. They were the best man at my wedding. I made them the godfather of my child. You hear this all the time. So money is the root of all evil. We understand that. Why would you put money in politics? Why would you give the anybody a, a way to legally bribe somebody we understand human nature we understand the fear the the smallness that people feel that they're they and especially well the greed absolute power corrupts but what is that absolute power corrupts absolutely so why would you give anybody even the even the uh that the choice to be bribed? You know, like it, during the campaign when Bernie was was uh the Democratic one of the Democratic nominees, but what's his name? Not just Biden, Buttigieg. They were all like 
saying, oh, well, you saying that Barack Obama was bribed? You're goddamn right. They were all bribed in one form or another. We know human nature. You dance with the ones who bring you to the dance. And I know, you know people. I know people. You know, if I'm working at a job and my boss is paying me, I had a boss that was, I like the person. And, but they are very kind. They're not very right wing. They have different opinions than me. I happen to actually like this person as a person, but they are more you know, not like me, not liberal. They're more in the middle. But he was always trying to goad me into a conversation into because he knew what I did on the side here doing this. Uh, well, not on the side, but d- he knew about my podcast, <laughs> my hidden life as a liberal s- socialist podcaster <laughs> as a firebrand. And so he was always trying to get me to debate <laughs> this whatever he thought on anything and i i wouldn't get into it with him because i know how i feel and i didn't want him to not hire me you know what i mean (laughs) so that's that's human nature i don't consider in that situation i don't consider myself a hypocrite because i was just like i'm not getting into it with you I don't want to talk about it here. I just didn't want to have any arguments with him or I really didn't. I also didn't want um, my opinion of him to fit, to change or to, to affect me. But it really was about, you know, he's giving me money. He's hiring me to do a job. So I don't want him to not hire me. That's people. What do you think happens when Buttigieg is in the wine cave? What do you think they're talking about? You think they're talking about, you think Buttigieg is going to go against his billionaire benefactor? No way. Absolutely no way. What about Biden? All of all. Look at his career. Was he worried about all of the working class people that had nothing when he was sending their jobs to low-wage, wage-slave nations, turning the manufacturing belt into the rust belt? How does that happen? Does that happen because you're worried about your constituents? Maybe, if your constituents are billionaires and... Ma- uh, you know, some manufacturer that will benefit, they'll be able to uh, save a buck or they won't have to worry about, they'll be, they'll be able to uh, up their stock price or inflate their goddamn CEO compensation if they send thousands of jobs to low-wage, wage-slave nations. So, hey, I kn- we can't do that now. There's a law. There's a lo- this is what they said back then. Back then. Oh, we're, we can't send jobs to low-wage, wage-slave nations without our puppets in Congress writing laws and a president who will sign that law to make it legal to 
hobble the American people, to kick the goddamn legs right out from under them. Why would you do that? Doesn't that sound disgusting? I don't know. It does to me. When you're representing the American people, you're supposed to be representing America. So why would you send jobs? Why would you kill uh, entire industries locally and send jobs to, to, to nations that have their regulations, their environmental standards, their labor standards are next to none so that you can get away. Instead of having to pay a worker a living wage and retirement security and decent working conditions, unions, overtime, vacation Oh, no. We'll have to, they can make a, they can save, they can cut corners, they can give their CEOs bigger, bigger, fatter paychecks if they send jobs to nations that have no stands where they could pay these workers $15 a month, not 15 an hour with working with, uh, with all kinds of benefits where they have to worry about the environment. So that how did that happen? It didn't happen because the Congress was worried about the working class. Absolutely zero, no chance. They were dancing with the ones who brought them to the party. And it wasn't some, some worker who was five years away from retirement when this happened. Can you imagine? working at a plant or something, and then here comes NAFTA. That's why we have Twitler today. And we could go on. There's many other disgusting anti-American rules and laws, I should say. Not rules, laws that these bought and paid for politicians on both sides of the aisle inflicted on this country. So we got to open our eyes. So money in politics is the root of all evil. And we got to get money out of politics. Why tempt anybody? That's one of the ways you want to have a functioning government. Take money out of politics, period. Start there. Everything else, we would already have universal health care. Besides the fact that we're a racist-ass country, this is, in my opinion, we would already have you. We would already have universal health care if we did not have money in politics, and if we were able to deal with our racism, we would. We would. We'd already have it. It's many of. It's all about protecting. Why would you protect? A, an industry, the health insurance racket. That's what it is. It's not an industry. It doesn't do anything. It it's shuffles money around, skimming off the top, taking whatever, a, a cut, a grift. It's a classic middleman racket that does zippo. It offers nothing. It denies care. That's how it makes money. It is useless. 
it's better. It would be more effective. That's why single payer is effective. We, the people, we all put into the pot. And then when we need it, we take it out. And that's like Medicare has a 2% overhead, not 20% because they got to pay their CEOs to suck on our miseries. Makes you want to freaking vomit when you think about it. How many millions? It's disgusting. But why would we wouldn't even have this industry? Because this is an industry. We talk about all the other manu the manufacturing, um, the co the corporate not the corporate you know the um, just the manufacturing base that they sent overseas. Then you have this health insurance racket that they will they will twist themselves around any pretzel in a wine cave to protect it. For what reason? No industry kills more America. What what other industries besides the the um the tobacco industry, right? Okay, yeah. That kills a lot of Americans. But no other industry other than that, I guess. I don't know. I haven't done the I haven't done the math on it. But what tell me what industry needlessly kills 35,000 Americans every year, bankrupts millions, leaves millions out, and also consistently ranks dead last or next to dead last in all positive measures. It is, eats up 16% of the GDP and growing. And, uh, you know, pre pretty much just sucks. How many would how many industries would they allow would we allow to kill needlessly kill thirty five thousand Americans every year? No, without uh, the reason that we have this 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 racket um, on our sucking on our sicknesses like a goddamn parasite is because of money and politics. That's why Joe Biden protects the for-profit health insurance racket. That's why Pete Buttigieg tweeted out, oh, what about the unintended consequences of Medicare for All? The people who will lose their jobs in the health insurance industry, well, we'll find them new jobs. That was part of Bernie's bill and Elizabeth Warren's bill, by the way. So we will find them other jobs. But they will also know, and they will have the satisfaction of knowing that none of that they will never die needlessly without health care, and neither will any of their their progeny, forever and ever, amen. And then, uh, it's ridiculous. No other country. But the point is, no other. This would not happen if not for money and politics. They would never. So tell me who they work for, who the our representatives work for. Is it for us? No. I mean, I'm glad there's a whole wave of progressive representatives like AOC who don't take a dime in corporate money. That's the way it has to go. We got to get to the point where all of them, you know, that's why when Buttigieg was like, oh, you're telling us we're corrupt? Yes, bitch. 
That's what we're saying. And not only, maybe you're not corrupt. I don't know. I haven't gone through your receipts yet. But we don't want to take that chance. Because we watch American Greed on CNBC. Maybe some of you, have you heard of Bernie Madoff? Scam after scam after scam. How many people have to be a, be suckered into a scam and lose their life savings for us to understand that they call it a con man because it means confident. You're building confidence. People fall for it. It happens all the time. Why take the chance when we're talking about a government that so many people fought, bled, and died to entrust to us? That uh, it makes me sick when I think about the young, the young people lying in their cold graves for this thing. They never got. They only got twenty summers, twenty-two summers. Maybe not even that. Maybe they never fell in love. They never had children. They never, they never got to grow old. And if we really cherish that, you protect it. You protect it from the people like Twitler and Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and Joni Ernst and Ted Cruz. The ones who would sell out their own mothers, their wives. We know they'll sell out their mothers. They sell their wives out. I'm not just saying that. We all saw Ted Cruz flip the switch from calling Twitler, saying he's a pathological liar, a narcissist, and that's okay. No, no harm, no foul that he called your wife an ugly dog. See, they sell out their own wives. Why not their mothers? They sell out everybody. Nobody's safe from the small-minded grifters, the small, the tiny, who pretend to be on your side. They're pretending to represent you. They're not representing... They don't represent decency. Represent you? Are you... Are you... uh, Something wrong with you? (laughs) I wasn't going to say that word. I said... I was going to say ridiculous. What's wrong with you? Do you think... Are you really think that Ted Cruz, who sells out not just his... He sold out his father, too. Yeah, I forgot. That's right. His father, his wife, everybody. For Twitler. For Donald Trump. The fake... Con, the con man. Not the fake con man. The fake university peddler. The fake veterans charity grifter, the fake president. He sold them out to for, for him. Lindsey Graham? These people are gross. You want to watch... You want to get, get clean government? Get money out of government and watch all of them flee. They'll be fleeing into the crooks and crannies of some... Uh, lobby firm. No, well, there won't be any lobbying. Why would you need lobbying? 
I guess there's different ways to lobby. You can lobby as they did in the old days. Just meet them in the lobby and say, hey, won't you please write a bill that sends millions of jobs overseas and decimates communities and families and, and creates an entire segment of the of the United States, turns it into the rust belt from the manufacturing belt, please, serve Pretty please with cherries on top. That's how you lobby, then. That's the way it was supposed to be. That's what lobbying comes from. You know, you meet them in the lobby, you find them. Hey, hey, you got a minute? You got a minute to talk about the Trump Network vitamin scam? I mean, uh, vitamins? <laughs> Just pee in this jar and you will get a specified bunch of vitamins that you can take for the low, low price of $599.00. And then every six months, another $200 will keep your vitamins flowing and you will be so great. Oh, brother. So Biden says, think about what you're willing to do personally. Wait, wait here. Biden offered more extensive remarks on how he believes this awakening will happen on Tuesday, centering on his own personal relationships. Think about what you're willing to do personally. You're in a group, whether it's in a tennis group, a golf club, a sewing circle, a reading group, whatever it is. You know, no malarkey. Now I added that. And you got nine people in a group. And five of them have a view on where, in fact, we're on, on a position, and on four, four are on the other side. I'm reading this verbatim. And one of the five thinks that, well, maybe the four are correct, but unless they're pretty damn sure that they're going to go down with the other, that they're going to go with the other group, they're going to win. It's not worth dying on a small cross. I'm, I'm telling you, this is all verbatim. So what do you do? You stay away. I predicted once we found that we took back the House, you would find members of the House of Representatives who thought that some of the policies being proposed by the administration were wrong and would start to step up. No sense in stepping up what you're going to lose anyway because then you're in real trouble with your own outfit, but it becomes worth it if you step up and actually change policy. What that's that you are beginning to see in the House, and that's what you begin to see in the Senate. I'm not suggesting all of a sudden everyone's going to project a new sense of courage and political courage. What I'm suggesting is the dynamic changes when the right vote as opposed to the vote you don't agree with. Oh, my God. Please, buddy. Please. Just take a nap. But it's when... It's not a possibility if you vote for it. There's no sense in doing it because you're doing it. All you're doing is going to be ostracized by your own outfit and you're not going to change. That's why it's the way human nature works. Oh, my God. No, not money in politics. Human nature doesn't work when the rich are buying you, I guess. You're pure as the driven snow. It's just that you want to hang out with your pals. You want to be one of the pals. Think about it in your own lives. That's how politics works. And that's why I think you're going to see even Mitch McConnell change. Oh, my God. Or how can I say it? He 
some ideas or being more mildly cooperative. Shut up. Mildly? That's what you need. When we're hanging by a thread out here, Biden, we don't need mildly cooperative. I'm sorry. That's a failure. We're mildly cooperative. Honey, we need a new New Deal. Mildly. It's like you you got a mild case of herpes. A mild case of uh, HIV. You're dying. Not that herpes makes you die. I don't know. A mild... It's ridiculous. Mild. He's going to be mildly cooperative. Well, that's what we need when the working class is now the working poor and the American people are on food bank lines and 40 million and counting are out of work and... Millions are sick, and one-third... Well, that's now. Before that, the middle class is less than 50% of the population. One-third can't retire. They can't say the 70%. No, no, no. I'm sorry. 80% live check to check. That's a failure, ladies and gentlemen. If... You're in politics. See, if I looked back on my whole 40 years, I mean, I was working at something for 40 years, and the best I had to show for it is that 40, I mean, in those 40 years, is the that 80% of the American people live check to check? I would say I fucked up. Sorry for cursing. <laughs> I would say, oh, boy. That's not good. I spent my whole life, and all of a sudden, I look back and the representing the people, and all those people, 80% live check to check. How? How'd that happen? Are you serious? Oh, my God. Yep, Biden is a Republican. But anyway, I saw this article that gave me hope. But we'll see. We'll, our, our, our work is cut out for us, definitely. We got a long way to go, especially, especially if Biden gets elected. Well, if Trump gets elected, we're done. He will only get elected illegitimately and that's a problem as you know but biden the 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 concerns i have are that what well, what we talk about here people think well biden thinks oh trump is the problem republicans are great the democrats need to be putting out ads like that know their names don't forget them they're traitors But Biden says, okay, here's our article. Biden pledges New Deal-like economic agenda to counter Trump. This is from WCAX.com by Bill Barrow. Posted today. Democrat Joe Biden 
turned his campaign against President Twitler towards the economy on Thursday, introducing a New Deal-like economic agenda while drawing a sharp contrast with a billionaire income. That He's not a billionaire. Here we go again. That's why this, this country is messed up. We believe lies. He is not a billionaire. They should write the alleged billionaire. Until we see those goddamn tax returns. He's not a billionaire. He may be one now because he has his rapacious gullet attached to the federal treasury. But no, he's not a billionaire. Wait. Okay. Drawing a sharp contrast with a billionaire incumbent, he said, has abandoned working-class Americans amid cascading crises. Yeah. He hasn't abandoned them amid cascading crises. Crises. The entire political establishment has abandoned the working Americans. That's why 80% are living check to check. Hello. Jesus. The former vice president presented details of a comprehensive agenda that he touted as the most aggressive government investment in the U.S. economy since World War II. He also accused Trump of ignoring the coronavirus pandemic and the climate crisis while encouraging division amid a national reckoning with systemic racism. His failures come with a terrible human cost and a deep economic toll, Biden said during a 30-minute address at a metalworks firm near his boyhood home in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Time and again, working families are paying the price for the, this administration's incompetence. Yes, but we're also paying the price for, a, for generations of political, of political machinations, of Democratic and Republican complicity, in the destruction of the working class. Uh, the DLC Democrats, those are the ones. They did it deliberately, and they, they said it right out loud that they were going to be pro-business, pro-Wall Street. Even Hillary said in, when, in 2016, well, she wanted to be the president of all people, not Main Street and Wall Street. Well, you, guess what? You can't be the president of Main Street and Wall Street because Wall Street is riding away with Main Street. Wall Street is riding us like borrowed mules. So it's about time that somebody write the scales, goddammit. Frig, F Wall Street, okay? They have done enough. They have enough money and power. How much longer... God damn it, how much longer are we going to take it? Biden's shift to the economy meets Trump on turf. The Republican president has seen as his strength, please, before the pandemic severely curtailed consumer activity and drove unemployment near Great Depression levels. And yet, once again, let me correct the record. It's not a great economy even before. We may have been living large on credit and our three uniquely American low-paying jobs, but when 80% are living check to check, that didn't happen just because of the 
pandemic. That's a ongoing issue that needs to be confronted and needs to be goddamn owned. As we have to point to it as the sign of exactly what's wrong with this country. So if I ever hear another Democrat, so-called Democrat, say, we had a great economy, the, the, how, I hear it. I hear them say these things. Oh, he thinks the economy is his strength. Well, they need to add an addendum. He thinks the economy is his strength. He wants to get back to the economy. He thinks it's it's his strength, even though the economy was not working for the majority of humanity in this country. When you have a country where 80% are living check to check, that's not a great economy. So if you think that you're living in a great economy and you're living check to check, you're, you're not being rational. Go into the mirror right now and smack yourself across the face. It's okay. We'll, we'll wait. Okay, you're back. Good. Now Biden and his aides believe the issue is an all-encompassing opening that gives Democrats avenues to attack Trump on multiple fronts while explaining their own governing vision for the country. Now? Yeah, before it was working out so well. The former vice president began Thursday with proposals intended to reinvigorate the U.S. manufacturing and technology sectors that he destroyed. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to vote for him, and I hope he comes through. I hope when I said, go to the mirror and smack yourself in the face, it was him I w- he, that took me up on, my, on the Terror Buster Challenge. Not just the Patreon challenge. Well, he could take me up on that too. But The Terror Buster Challenge is that if you think, if you're a working class American, if you work for a living, if you trade the time in your life for a paycheck and you think you're a capitalist, you need to go and smack yourself across the face. Go to the mirror and smack yourself across the face until you come to your senses. You're not a capitalist. You're a laborer. And welcome to the resistance. Biden called for a $400 billion four-year increase in government purchasing of U.S.-based goods and services, plus $300 billion in new research and development in U.S. technology concerns. He also proposed tightening a current Buy American law that intended to benefit U.S. firms, but that government agencies can circumvent. Of course, because uh, Twitler did that, and they needed to, he needed to do it for show while not upsetting the real billionaires who he wants so much to be accepted by. He also emphasized previous pledges to establish a $15 minimum wage per hour, strengthen workers' collective bargaining rights, and repeal Republican-backed tax breaks for U.S. corporations that move jobs overseas. 
and his campaign pledged that those investments in domestic markets would come before Biden entered negotiations for any new international trade agreements. His opening emphasized on manufacturing and labor policy is no coincidence. Biden wants to capitalize on his union ties and... Really? He's got union ties? And win back working-class white voters who fueled Trump's upset win four years ago. Uh, We can get into detail with that with Greg Palace, as well as, in general, he didn't receive the most votes. All right. Anyway, he noted his middle-class upbringing and alluded to Trump's childhood as the son of a multimillionaire real estate developer. Biden will continue in the coming weeks with an energy and infrastructure plan to combat the climate crisis and a third package focused on making child care and elder care more affordable. Ugh, you son of a bitch. And less of an impediment to working age... No, affordable? Yeah, everybody can just afford 24-hour health care for somebody with Alzheimer's, right? This is affordable. What's affordable when you're working, when you're making $15 an hour? God in heaven, who I don't believe in, do something about this. The energy and infrastructure proposals, some of which Biden has detailed already, are likely to carry the largest price tag. Oh, well, how are you going to pay for it? How about we get out the national razor? Uh, I mean, I'm to that point. Start building guillotines all over. Maybe the rich will finally stop effing with our system. They'll stop running away with the bank. And they'll pay their fair share. Either that or we crop them a head shorter. I don't know. Their choice. I'm to the point where... Sure. Where... What's your choice? You want to be rich? And uh, you want to be... You can still be rich and alive. Or you can be a goddamn plutocrat and... I don't know. In heaven, I suppose. I, I don't know. I'm not... I'm talking French Revolution here. But... We have to... We really got to get it together. You can't have a functioning democratic republic that works for all and concentrated wealth, oligarchs owning government, buying government. You can't have billionaires. There's absolutely zero reason that there should be billionaires. That is an offense to humanity. And it is really part of the reason we're in this boat. And I have to ask. How much longer? How much longer are we going to take it? So, the largest price tag. They don't talk about, they never talk about the military, industrial, congressional complex losing $35 trillion in accounting errors. Oh, that's nothing. That's not even a blip on the radar. How you got to pay for it? When you start talking about having a 
uh, country uh, do th- things for the majority of people instead of just the few. Now, I ask you again, this is why we need a liberal media. You understand that if a show like this, the stuff that we're talking about here, if this was on media in general, where millions of people heard it constantly and understood, do you think we'd even be in this position? We would be, would we even be at a point where the American people are on food lines after missing two paychecks and can't save 400? I mean, it makes me sick. Can't retire. All of those are failures of this system. The country, you know, the great, greatest American, it's the greatest country on earth, God, God, and uh, whoever created blah, blah, blah. But I see uh, people of all over the world, they're, they're able to retire. They're able to take a vacation. What's a freaking vacation? They get mandata- mandated uh, 30 days vacation, sick leave, retirement, universal health care, universal higher education. I'm not talking about some commie country. I'm, call, I'm talking about Germany. They're not... How come they're not in the streets uh, on food lines? Because we're stupid here. Because we're corrupt. We have allowed it. Corruption. Oh, my Lord. It's not sufficient to build back. We have to build back better, Biden said, promising he'd ensure that all Americans are in on the deal. The Democrats' agenda carries at least some rhetorical echoes of Trump's America First philosophy, but the former vice president's aides described his approach as more coherent. The cast, they cast Trump's imposition on tariffs and uneven trade negotiations as slapdash isolationism compromised further by tax policies that enrich multinational corporations. The Biden campaign also pointed to an uptick in foreign procurement and continued outsourcing of jobs by the U.S.-based corporations during Trump's presidency. Of course, it's a freaking ruse. That The game... Uh, I love, now that I'm thinking about it, because Trump, he said, I don't know, all of this before uh, everything went to hell again because of the pandemic and Trump's complete ineptitude and the Republican Party's complete and other disgusting emptiness and uh, corruption. (laughs) Trump was saying, remember, oh, he was promising first. He promised... You know, they had to keep, they got to rev up the economy. They were going to, they had to rev it up like a fluffer, like a porn. When you're on a porn set, they have a fluffer come in and fluff, fluff up the actors. I hear, I wouldn't know really, but they, the fluffer comes in. So he was, so Trump's like a fluffer. He said that they had to fluff up the economy with their GOP tax scam that funneled more money. You know, we were already, we, this United States, 
this great uh, democratic republic already had the widest income gap between rich and poor of all OECD nations. And exactly 40 years ago, well, not exactly, well, approximately around 40 years ago, it was the exact opposite. We had the slightest income gap. What, what the hell happened? It was because of policy, Reaganomics, and Clintonomics. So we were already, before Twitler got his f- disgusting tiny fingers around the neck of power, well, his greedy neck, the greedy fingers, we were already the, had the widest income gap. So, but Trump, in all of his great wisdom, you know, the one who thought that a multi-level marketing vitamin scam was going to make him rich, even though it went buku bust in less than two years, leaving, of course, thousands of Americans who bought into the scam holding the tab. Never Twitler, but so, but he, being the great businessman, said he had to fluff up the economy with the GOP tax scam. And now that he's fluffed it up, like a fluffer on a porn set, he, he was going to do the next thing. His next tax fluffer was going to go for the working class. Cause, but first you had to fluff up the rich because they weren't fluffed up enough. They had more money than 90% of the American people combined, but they needed more fluffing. And the American economy had a wider wealth gap than ancient Rome had in their slave society, but Twitler had to fluff it up a little bit more. He knows a lot. Well, Melania knows about fluffing, probably. So that was the scam. I I, I haven't heard much about that scam. He was he had said it because. At, I guess he saw something on Twitter where people were onto the scam and they were tired and of being scammed by the rich and being treated like borrowed mules and or hosts from which to suck profit and discard. So Twitter went out there and lied. And what does corporate media do? Nothing. They put a camera in front of him and they let him lie. So here we are. Just like. Joe Scarborough goes on and says, oh, it was the greatest moment. He really met the moment over in Normandy when he disgraced everyone who ever gave their life fighting fascism. But he met the moment by reading a teleprompter without, I I don't know, farting? Letting out a big turd? I have no idea. He looked like a doltard. He sounded like a, he was bored. And he was probably doped up. And right before he did it, he sat in front of headstones and called Nancy Pelosi Nervous Nancy. They, these people are sick. It reminds me of Tom Cotton, actually, now that I say that. I, I, just to get off track for a second. This picture, I'm sure I can find it instantaneously. Yep, 
where is it? Because Tom Cotton, he's somebody that the the right wing. I don't know. He's a gr- he's gross. He's another one. Tom Cotton. I don't know if you guys remember. He went to Arlington National Cemetery. And he took a picture in front of all the dead soldiers with a big effing grin on his face. I know I have this picture. Hmm. I will find this picture. It is disgusting. But that's who he is. That's who they are. Who goes to a cemetery and and smiles in front of headstones? I have this picture here. Okay, I found it. Look at this. Look at that. Who effing stands in front of gravestones, headstones of dead soldiers, and smiles like a grinning ghoul? Are these people for real? Do they think that this is the right way to behave? Am I out of my mind here? This is insane. It's disgusting. Why? What's so fucking... What is so... Amusing? What is so... Um, humorous? Or... What, is, what, what makes you smile? What are you smiling about? There's a bunch of dead people behind you. I guess I shouldn't have... I was trying to put... I wish I could put myself in a little box on the side when I could do that. What is so funny? It's not funny. It's just like, hey. Hey, guys. Had a great time on my summer trip. Wish you were here. Wish you were dead. I just, I don't get these these freaks. And that's one of the byproducts of being a Republican. Having absolutely no clue what it means to be a human being. And hence the title of today's show. Let's, uh, what did I write? Yeah, It's simple. Republicans are just horrible people. I don't care. Oh, he's wearing a uniform. He wore the uniform of this country. Congratulations. So, so what? Then you should know, why are you smiling at a veteran's cemetery, you pig? And no offense to pigs. I, I honestly, I don't find it fucking something to smile about. Young people dead in their graves. You moron. Disgusting.
I I go to yes, Greg on the chat. I Google Sunnyside on Google Maps. It showed a bunch of pics of Calvary Cemetery. Yeah, Calvary Cemetery is where I live in Sunnyside. It's one of the largest and oldest cemeteries in in the country. It's a great cemetery. It goes back to the 1700s. And I go to that cemetery. I ride my bike in that cemetery. I visit the different graves in the cemetery. I walk around. And I I think about the people who died. I don't smile. In fact, I cry many times. I showed you the picture of Lieutenant Inzarelli, his headstone. I can't stand there without crying, and I go there often, thinking of him. He's disgusting. I mean, not Inzarelli. I'm talking about Tom Cotton. How do you smile? He's somebody that would stand in front of Lieutenant Inzarelli's gravestone and smile. And not understand why that isn't an appropriate reaction to dead, young human beings who died in war. I think about it. Like, I, uh, especially in uh, Lieutenant Inzarelli's grave, his mother is buried there, too. And it says, inconsolable for two and a half years. She died of a broken heart after losing her son. And I, I wonder, did she take her own life? Is that why they wrote that? Or what happened? And this vile, disgusting disgrace Where is he? Why isn't it showing up? Hmm. It's weird. It's not popping up. I'm not putting it in there. Tom Cotton. You vile bastard. Yeah, it's weird. It's like not showing up. I'll try it again. This gross ghoul. That's what he looks like, a ghoul. What? And who took that photo? Did he set it up? Or did he say, hey, uh, hey, honey, let me pose here in my uniform. I'm going to go to Arlington National Cemetery today on Veterans Day to honor all the veterans who gave their life for democracy and the grand experiment, and hey, guy, uh, hey, I, how do I look in my uniform? I look uh, proper, proper badass. Great, take a picture of me in front of all these dead people. I'm gonna put on. How do I look, honey? You like me when I smile, right? What are you smiling about? Somebody explain this to me. Is what's to smile about? War? Dead? Dead people? Dead soldiers? Which thing is tickling you to the point of smile? 
Tom Cotton. What makes you smile more, the dead or the needless dead? The ones who had their whole lives ahead of them when they were sent off to war for various reasons, for the most part, illegitimately reasons. Unless you were a World War II soldier, um, I guess we can have a conversation whether you were making the world safe for democracy or not. But I beg to differ. Jesus Christ. These people. All right, let me see. Where is this? I'll finish this article and then we'll go get unconscious. We will all get unconscious at the same time because we're we do everything the same. We're collectivists. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. We do. We get up. We got to sleep. We're the same. We're the same. These collectivists. Yeah, bitch. Collective. Oh, nobody wants to be collective. They're all collectivists now, though. Who's the collectivist now? And ran into Institute. Who's your collectivist bitch now she's a collective you know Anne Rand she was a real ass collectivist as soon as that filthy habit gave her cancer she would collectivist like quicker than goddamn the flash she was all collectivist she's like help me I'm a collectivist can I collect my social security and medicare because I want to keep my useless life going. I want a, one more day on the planet to write something bad and cause people to feel bad about themselves. I, I need one more day on the planet to venerate William Allen Hickman, the child murderer, and call him a real man. Who's a collectivist now, Mother Effa? Isn't that funny, though? Really? How come they're always collectivists? Soon as uh, something hits the fan, there's all the collectivists. There they are, collectivists. They're just collecting and collecting. There's nothing more collectivist than the goddamn rich. There, There's no... No group of people are more collectivist than the goddamn, than the billionaires and the banksters, that is for sure. What the hell, man? I can't find that article. That's why I, I'm a looking and I'm a looking. Here it is. I can't believe how late it is. You know, when I did the show, when I got on the show today, I was like, I'm only going to do two hours. I said to myself, again, and here we are, three and a half hours later. This is what happens. Somebody better become a patron tonight before I wake up in the morning, or I'm going to be, I'm going to be sad. No one, well, yes, we got a patron, Mark, Uncle Smokey. We didn't get a patron the day before. And I was very sad. 
We gotta get patrons. We gotta we gotta get this patron thing moving, cooking with gas here. All right. So to continue this article about Joe Biden being being like FDR, pledging New Deal policies, still. Republicans have made clear they will they will attack Biden on trade and the economy, framing him as the tool of the far left on taxes and a willing participant in decades of trade policy that gutted American workers. Well, they went along with it, too. He would be better off. Biden would be better off if he admitted it and said, I even if he he knew I'm sure they knew they all knew that it was going to decimate the American middle class. He should just say, um, I made a mistake. I will, I pledge to do everything to rectify it. Everything in my power. And, you know, it's like the same thing with Joy Reid and her, her old articles, uh, being a homophobe. Instead of saying that she was hacked and blah, blah, blah. She should have just admitted it. Instead of looking like an idiot. And say, oh, I evolved. I'm sorry. Instead of saying she was hacked. We all, oh, please, don't get me going. Trump also has lampooned Biden as weak on China. Whatever. Who's weaker on China except Twitler? He's so weak, he, he, he basically is China's bitch. He's everybody's bitch. He's Kim Jong-un's bitch. It's ridiculous. On trade, at least, it's a line of attack Biden withstood from the Democratic primary runner-up, Bernie Sanders. But it's one Trump used effectively against Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton in 2016. uh, Vice President Mike Pence is making several stops in Pennsylvania on Thursday, as well as highlighting the state's place as an industrial battleground. Well, we'll see how many children Twitler kills. Maybe that'll shake the Trump cult out of their stupor. As a senator, Biden voted for the North American Free Trade Agreement in 94. One of Trump's signature achievements is an overhaul of NAFTA. Well, which is nothing. It's not an overhaul. He just renamed it, which he accomplished with backings from many Democrats. Hello. That's why... We got a problem. Since the 1990s, including... Because you know what the Democrats... This is what they said. Oh, well, you know, we don't want to hurt the American people. Who hurts the American people more than Twitler? So we have Republicans that are intransient with Obama, who is actually trying to help the American people. What is giving Trump a win on rewriting a trade policy do? We're in, we have NAFTA, we have this abhorrent trade policy. What does it do to help him rewrite it? Why? Why would they do that? You're not helping the American working class, especially you're not helping when you think, you say that Trump is an existential danger to this country, and he is. So why are you giving him a win? Why are you working with him? It's baffling. Unless you see the Matrix, and you see they're on the same side. Ultimately, 
some of them, not all. Yeah, you got better luck with Democrats. But some of these Democrats are bought and paid for by the same people. But anyway, that's why we got to get money out of politics. Boom, 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 boom. And I get it. I will vote for Biden. Stop the bleeding. But become a patron because the work has only just begun. Including during the... All right, right, let's just keep going. The the campaign's outline of Biden's plan emphasizes that the candidate wants a resurgence in U.S. markets before engaging in new trade deals abroad. This includes a trans-Pacific partnership that Biden advocated for when he served as President Barack Obama's vice president. Trump opposed the TPP as a 2016 candidate. Neither China or the United States is a TPP member. Trump and Biden have called out China for unfair trade practices, but Biden accuses Trump of instigating a trade war with Beijing that he cannot win for now. Biden has not said how he will pay for the proposed spending. Shut up! Ugh, how he's going to... How about we tax the rich? How about it? How about Jeff Bezos gets to pay? Amazon. How about the 16 transnational giant corporations and their billionaire masters at lording at the top pay some taxes. More than I pay. More more than zero. I pay. They don't pay. They pay zero. This is the game, the scam, ladies and gentlemen. How are you going to pay? Shut up. He's... Uh, Hayes identified repealing GOP tax cuts on corporations and the wealthiest Americans as a source of revenue for some of his proposals for outgoing for ongoing spending, including his plans to expand health insurance access. Shut the F up. Ugh. If you're going to be like FDR, be like FDR. So don't give me this access crap. But... His aides have indicated that he's willing to use deficit spending for one-time short-term investments. Good. Shut up with the deficit. What about the deficit now? They don't care. Trump has added more to the deficit. Please. If we start engaging in that shite, we give it legitimacy. We know that they play this game about the deficit, just screaming at only when Democrats are in charge. Shut their effing greed holes right up. Ugh, so sick of them. Just stop engaging with them as if they have legitimacy. They are grifters. Call them out. Stop giving them merit. Even the goddamn Lincoln Project knows this. You know why? Because that's the way Republicans fight. They fight to win. And the Democrats, what do they do? These corporate Dems. They don't... What A, a strongly worded email? I'm very concerned. Well, ladies and gentlemen... You're my friends. You are amazing. I'm exhausted from life. But I'm glad we're in it together. 
I need your help to keep the show going and growing. If you're listening, maybe if you lasted this long, if you're listening on the podcast, now we're hitting, we're getting up to the four hour mark. When I said I was only going to do a two-hour show, in my mind, I said, I'm only going to do two hours. I am, I'm tired. I have a headache. I need to go to bed. I need to not keep doing four-hour shows. <laughs> but here we are again. You guys are great. I want you to all, let's see. Let's see. What is your assignment? Tell two friends about Terror Buster and what else? Tell them to become patrons at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and what else? Share the show. Yes, that's it. And also give the show a good review on iTunes if you haven't already. And what else? That's a lot. Become, well, become a patron, yes, but also join us on Discord. That'll be nice. Let me see. Here's the Discord. I'll put it in the description. Oh, it is, it's there. Join Tarabusta community on Discord. This thing went off again. It used to stay on the whole time. I don't understand. It's not on a timer. It just craps out. You guys are great. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I would probably be really depressed more than I already am. So thank you for being um, a part of the show. And for all your help. Keeping it going and keeping it growing. It's the truth. We will get there. We will get. We will have a a good show one day. We. I mean, the show's gonna be. It'll be better one day, because there'll be more, more people watching, and there will also be. Maybe we'll have some help around here. Some help up in this bitch, if you become a patron. All right, my friends. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you all for hanging out. There will probably will not be a show tomorrow. I hate to say it. Even if there is a new patron. We'll just have to put that one in the bank. I do expect. If I don't. If I wake up tomorrow. And there are no new patrons. In the patron. Community. I'm going to be. I'm going to be bummed. So all you got to do is go there, even $2 a month. All right. If you can, I understand if you can't. Otherwise, you have to do what you got to do. I get it. This We're living in a depression. Come on. Not just up here in, in life. So Ugh, times are tough. If you can, do what you can. Some people do... Everybody does what they can. We're we're in it together. Thank you all for all your support, your love, your encouragement, your super chats, your friendship, 
thank you again, Jim and Terry and Garfield and John and Mark and Jim and Shannon and John for all your super chats tonight during the show. That makes me happy. I mean, it means a lot. It's feedback for me as well. It says, okay, keep going. Could you imagine that nobody was here giving nothing? Being no patrons? I would be like, I'd be, it would be futile. Be like, what's up? They'd be like, what's up with that crazy bitch talking to herself? All right, yes. All right, guys, guys, guys. Remember what I said. It is true. You know it. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. We are the real patriots. And we will win. Because even the goddamn objectivists are collectivists. When reality, which has such a liberal bias, meets their ideology. They're all collectivists. It's funny how collect uh, the uh, objectivists, reality, collectivists. That's how it works. It's ridiculous. Let's stop pandering to them. So we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of humanity. We are the ones with the ideas, the good ideas, the ideas that work for all. We are the real patriots. We don't leave anybody behind. On the not on the battlefield, not on the battlefield of sickness or or ignorance or homelessness or whatever it may be. We don't leave our fellows behind because we are in this to win it. We we will win. We will win. E pluribus unum is another way of saying. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out this uh, this another great evening. And I will see you on Saturday. Or maybe tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll see you soon. Become a patron. All right.